What's up? What's up? Live and direct from the podcast studio in the basement. Ryan Inman, Rick Paulton, on a Thursday, Thursday the 13th. And in honor of Thursday the 13th, we are going to review the very first Friday the 13th, 1980s Friday the 13th. And, uh, yeah, coming at you today because tomorrow I won't be here. We'll probably get into that a little bit more. So... Ah, we got like one person here. Oh, well, hopefully more people show up. I know it's a different time, but... It's a different day. Different day, different time. Everything's all fucked up. People are creatures of habit. People just got off work, like right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Most people. So, guys can check this out later on the archives if you're not here live. JP is live. Why not? Why not what? Why not? Am I not going to be here tomorrow? Because I'm coming to see your ass. (laughs) That's a pretty easy answer. Yeah, we're going to be in a uh, Phillies fan. Uh, yo, what's up, brother? We're going to Sean. What's up, Sean? We're going we're gonna to be at um, uh, Mansfield at the Incarceration Fest, checking out A Killer's Confession, Pantera, a couple other bands. It's going to be pretty sweet. Well, you'll be there. I'll be there. I won't. He, won't. I gotta, he, has, he has to move. Yeah, I got to go to work, too. <laughs> I got to work for a living around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> So, um, anything uh, new, fun, and exciting with you before we get into this? Well, yeah, I'm moving, but I don't want to talk about that on here. Because <laughs> that's not fun or exciting. It's just new. <laughs> just new. Is well, it, part does it fit the trifecta? Well, part of it's exciting. Part of it's fun. But the whole enchilada of it. He said the thing on the thing. <laughs> the thing, the thing. He said the thing on the thing again. Um, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Wait till it's over, and then we'll talk about it. Right on, right on. <laughs> He's got to survive it. This has happened enough. Planning vacations for next year. Oh, I'll definitely be meeting you at at least one of them, for sure. Seattle is very intriguing, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's my buddy Sean from Philly. But right on, right on. And then make it out to yep. maybe, maybe next year for WrestleMania. Ooh. It's going to be in Philly. Oh, that is and in I've, Philly. I've been trying to get yeah. to Philly forever to get a cheesesteak. Oh. <laughs> the Taurus cheesesteaks. I mean, I'll eat one of the other ones, too, but I really want to do the the whole Geno's and Pat's deal. Yeah. And then I'll eat one of the ones that the, he'll tell me to eat and go from there. <laughs> he just uh, posted one in one of the group chats. I'm in with his, uh, Steve's Princess Steaks. Right That's on. one of the ones. And then uh, for me, 
the best one I had was uh, Tony Luke's. I've heard of Tony Luke's. Yeah. I've heard a lot about that. Yeah, that's that's my favorite one I've had is Tony Luke's. Right on, right on. So, okay, so knows. we're going to SummerSlam though. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. I'm going we to that going too. To SummerSlam. Yeah, it's like two weeks or some shit. That's August fifth. August fifth. About two weeks, isn't it? It's, uh, three weeks. Three weeks. I three weeks from, from now. Saturday. Yeah. I have no idea who's going to be working, but it should be a blast. Yeah, that is the first Saturday of August. Yeah, in Detroit. Detroit, so Michigan. it's just a little two-hour drive for us. No big deal. Right on. <laughs> he said, yep, Steve's. <laughs> yep, Steve's Prince of Steaks. That's right. He got one. He's up just north of the city. He got one of those spots, like, right in his town. <laughs> Lucky him. <laughs> okay. So, again, the reason we're here, we're going to review um, the Friday 13th, 1980. And uh, this one is... Easily one of my favorites. It's one of everybody's favorites, mostly. I mean, it's just, in my opinion, it's one of the, the it, it's the best, I think it's the best movie out of the, the 12. Wow. It's not necessarily my favorite, I think it's the best film. Mm. My opinion. I think it's a, you know, like if, like you, you said before, that Criterion doesn't, that doesn't fuck with these movies. No. I think if any of them, if they ever would, it would be this one. Well, that's actually a pretty good fucking argument. I can't just because it is the first. I'm not saying it will. No, but but if they did, this yeah, is the one. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but like, if someone like infiltrated them and put a gun to their head and said you had to restore had to one of these, one. It, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be this one. Um, it's not my favorite. No, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not my favorite either. I just think and it's the best movie. I don't think it's the best film either. Okay. Um, not going to give away too much because I always do my grades at the end. But uh, I don't even think this is the best horror movie that came out in 1980. The Shining? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that you blurted it out immediately proves my point. Well, I, I, so. yeah. There was um, two, two other ones. That came there were, out there were a couple others. There's a couple good ones. They give them it was a good run. year for it. It was a good year for horror movies. Shit. It, it was. And 1980. Was, it was also the year I was born. Oh, so, right on. Yeah. Year after I was born. Yeah. I was born in the year that some people tell me that this movie takes place, which is fucking impossible. No, June 13th. The movie was not 1979. It was, 80. It was 1980. Yeah. We went to Town. They had a big-ass banner. Mm -hmm. It said, uh, Crystal Lake, 1980. <laughs> there was no Friday the 13th in 1979. June 13th in 79 was a Wednesday. Yeah. And then the leap year was 80, and then it was yeah, made Friday, it Friday yeah. so it jumped two days. Yeah, see, yeah. Um, the Death Curse Society guys gave Ricky that banner over there. You yeah. can't see it. Yeah, no, but it yeah. says Crystal Lake 1979, and it bothers the shit out of me. That's I kind of like it, though, because I am born in 79. Right. But, yeah, no, no, wrong year. But that is, it is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely 1980. You know, Jason in space is always my – nice! We're big, um, we're big Jason in space guys, too. We had Critters in Space, so Jason had to go as well. Yeah, I can't wait till we do that one. We, that we, one's... we really, we're two of the few people, now three with JP. <laughs> we already have to have you on for that one, JP. That, that like um, Jason X. <laughs> I think I think that's one we mean, might need to have Eminizer on because he hates it so much. Yeah. Just to like counterbalance. Our love thing. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like, well, we can have up to 10 people on this thing. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. I wouldn't even. Maybe all that. little, look like the Brady Bunch thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's going to be? And see, it's got like, the, the little Friday the 13th poster. I'm figuring this technology yeah. stuff out since my kids can't help me. See, if we do a Brady Bunch deal, mm -hmm. we have to get Adrian King. 
because it's well, she's the only one that can play Alice in the middle. <laughs> Speaking of Adrian, we were this close to getting her on for this, but she had something else going on tonight and couldn't make it. So, but she said that she's gonna try try another later date in time. But we were this close, yeah. and just for the shits, I, I sent Ari Lehman a message on his Facebook. If he sees it, and he pops in. We'll throw him on. If he doesn't, then it'd be cool. But he, we talked to him. We met him a couple times, and he did say that he would be on in the future. And he gave us his email contact, which I didn't have on me that day right now. So I sent it through his messenger, which doesn't look like he reads. So if he notices it, he'll comes on. Cool. We, I'm game for that. Right on, JP. Yeah. We we both have met Ari, cool guy, all that. Yeah. Adrian, big fan of Rick. Not, yeah. not so much a big fan of me. <laughs> I tried to put the video on, but I couldn't get it to go on. Because you guys could see on the page. Adrian, <laughs> she cut a promo on him. <laughs> Adrian King, not the biggest Ryan Inman fan in the world. Yeah, Ryan, if you guys remember from the Final Girls episode, and if you don't, you can go on Spotify and check out the archives. He had a ranked number six in the Friday the 13th Final Girls. And um, I told her about it. Had her, she cut a promo on him. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, she got me. <laughs> I can't say much. Else. So, so the movie came out in 1980. It did. And it was filmed in beautiful Blairstown, New Jersey. New Jersey, not New York. I made that mistake a couple pods ago. <laughs> My Jersey friends uh, are going to get, get mad if I do that again. So it was, it was filmed in beautiful Blairstown, New Jersey, which we went. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that. Um, as it goes on. Yeah. Because, yeah, we'll just run this through like we normally do. At least that's the way I plan to do it. Yeah, that's fine. Friday yeah, it's cool. For sure. So, so yeah. we're going to just start at the top then, right? We might as well because that clock is right at 10 minutes, and that's usually about how long our intros are. So <laughs> this is the review for Friday the 13th, 1980. Directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Written, written by I knew you were going to go with the middle. Go with the written on this one. We usually just do the director, but the... With the, with the backstory of Victor Miller and mm-hmm. Sean Cunningham, you have to um, include Victor See, here. And I give Victor Miller a lot more credit for the mythology of this franchise than Sean Cunningham. Sean Cunningham came up with the title. Yeah, Cash Grab. That's it. Yes. He didn't care. He, started he gave having... him very little very little direction on how he wanted the script to go, and, uh, and Victor just went with it. You know, and everyone, and even the director and writer, all fess up to it. They're just basically trying to follow Halloween in its footsteps, and, right? You know, well, which was money. yeah, that was the direction that Sean gave to Victor. But we're you, ripping off, we're ripping off Halloween. Make it happen. But there was another film that came out just before this. That I mean, it doesn't tie into it as far as the story goes, but the setting was Meatballs. Oh yeah, which uh, also Sean Cunningham. Um, drew inspiration from him, Victor, him or Victor so, Miller brought that up. So basically, this film is Halloween meets Meatballs. Yeah, with the slasher film added to summer camp. Yeah, I thought, I thought, yeah, and they did a great job and with it, it, and it works. It works like work, works beautifully. Yeah, it does. Um, and Victor Miller did write ninety-seven or so percent of this script. Right. There's a young man named Ron Kurz who went on to write all of Part Two. Okay. Who wrote one scene in this movie? No, I did not know that. Which scene? We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. It's one scene. It's and, me and, and it's a scene that I'm surprised you don't know this, actually. No. Oh, I'm actually dropping something on him that he doesn't know. That's <laughs> not common. Usually it's the other way. So, but yeah, we'll get into it. Um, so the film starts, and the opening is very cool. We get a snippet of the classic theme right away from Harry Manfredini. Yes. As we... <laughs> and his ringtone's going off. That's wow! On cue, that almost happened. Whoa, whoa! That's just his phone going off. 
But no, we get like a little snippet of that as an unknown figure walks through a cabin. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, ominous, yeah. Ominously. Uh, and then we get our first two characters worth noting. Right. Uh, you know, we see Barry played by Willie Adams and Claudette played by Deborah S. Hayes. Yeah, and Willie, Willie Adams, he did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff in he the was, movie. He was a production assistant. Production assistant. Mm-hmm. And they were having trouble casting this role, and they're like, he's a young, good-looking kid. Why don't you go do it? Okay. And De- Deborah Hayes was at the, the Crystal Lake reunion, but I didn't get a chance to meet her because I, I forgot that she was literally in the next room of the cabin oh. because I was distracted by Adrian King, and we had me and Adrian King spent, like, a good 15, 20 minutes together, and I totally forgot... And then, like, the next day, I was like, oh, shit. I never wouldn't say hi to Deborah." <laughs> yeah, and, and um, she just started doing these things. Yeah, this was, like, her third one. Yeah, I think it was number three. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll, she'll do more of that. Yeah. I think she's actually having a really good time doing this because mm-hmm. she missed out on it for 40, right. 40 years, you know. Yeah, nobody knew where she was, and I believe Stacy Lee's her agent, tracked her down. And, of course Stacy Lee. Yeah, she, she represents all these Friday the 13th, especially the older guys yeah. from the older movies. So the two of them are counselors at this camp, Crystal Lake, mm-hmm. and they decide they're going to go off to a loft and uh, get some fucking on. Get <laughs> some fucking on. Is that where we're putting it? Okay. <laughs> and they are abruptly done in by an unknown killer that they know, but we don't know. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. They definitely but you can tell it. by their expression they know this person, yeah. but we don't know who it is. Uh, the music kicks back up right here, and it's fucking brilliant. It just this is just so good. It just uh, the, the music, and we, we we talked about this a little bit a couple times. The music in in these films mm-hmm. is almost a character unto itself, mm-hmm. and it, it just it's some of the best scores there, there is, and especially this original one. Now, and you wouldn't realize it on your first viewing of this movie, but the music only—you'll hear little the little clips, but it, music oh, only plays when the killer is present. And, and yeah, Harry wanted to do that to to. to to yeah. create the the, yeah. the environment and the ambiance that we got for this movie, and that was all his idea. We got five people on. Nice. Yeah. That was all his idea to to have it very quiet. And feel free to jump in the comments at any time with your opinions of whatever we're talking about. We want this to be as interactive as possible. And um, this movie, this movie, we had to do the least amount of research because we've seen it a bazillion times. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, that was all Harry's idea, too, to have it very quiet in the scenes without the killer and very intense. Mm, with Yes. Especially since this, for all intents and purposes, is a whodunit. You know, we don't, right. we don't know who this is. Yes. Um, you know, so they're done in, and it's just, you know, a little quick cutaway for Deborah's kill, too. And mm-hmm. They wanted to actually keep that. Like off screen, and right? Down to, so the other one so, later would be more effective. more pronounced. Yes. yes. So they lull you into a false sense of security. Oh, this isn't that bad. And then the, the the other ones were a little bit more over the top. So the opening credits now kick in, and this is just an incredible piece of music right here again. Mm-hmm. Just oh my god, you know. And it's not the iconic, you know, cutaway like little pieces of music. It's just the theme at yes. the beginning. A lot of people really don't know this part. It's not as known. Is like other bits in this movie, but it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't gush over his stuff enough. Oh you yeah, know that. yeah. Harry's here, awesome, you know. And this is b- before even meeting the man. Yeah, because he even got <laughs> nothing to do with it. It's just hanging out with him is like hanging out with a dirty old grandpa, really. <laughs> but that's it's fun. But just oh man, his music has been just such an inspiration to so many like people scoring horror movies for mm-hmm. over forty years now. 
So, right. and his work just doesn't make all these films so much better. It really does. So that ends, you know, the opening credit scene, and boom. It's Friday, June 13th. Present day. 1980. It was 1980, but I think that they just, it was filmed in 79. I think, that, yeah. what's up, Bobby? What's the Friday the 13th you speak about? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the film, like I said, it was filmed in 1979. And I think that they, Jared, nice. What's up, Red Crank? What's up, gentlemen? I listened to a few episodes on my drive back. Good stuff. Yeah, we're trying, man. I think we're getting better and better. We stole your your idea when you had me on of the StreamYard thing, which makes life a lot easier. Kind of yes. ripped off some stuff from you. Um, what do you call it? What does it say? Um, imitation and flattery. The sincerest form of flattery. <laughs> so, so it was filmed in 79, and I think they put present day because they didn't know when they were going to get it out, and it might have took place in 79. And then somebody... I just read, read the other day that they, they had realized that they went through the whole movie without even mentioning that it was Friday the 13th, you know, until the end. And they threw that in as an afterthought when they were in the car. The, the police cop car. says it, yeah. Because yeah. Um, um, Cunningham was like, I can't call this movie Friday the 13th and not have it take place on Friday the 13th. So that's why present day, because I think originally it was intended to be on 79, but since 79 didn't work with the calendar. Well, that uh, is a happy accident then because June 13th was a Friday in 80. So yeah. that worked out. Yeah, and then I think that's when he said, you know, well, it's got to be 80 then. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's definitely 80. It's not 79. So the opening, <laughs> you know, credits end, and right away we see beautiful Blairs down in New Jersey. Oh, it is gorgeous. It's so beautiful. And uh, we see shots not dissimilar to. Mr. Heckman's short film. <laughs> yes, because they were filmed in the same place. It's literally standing in the same spot for a moment, you know? <laughs> And it's just so nice to be there, too. Like, mm -hmm. We've already gone on about this, but, yeah, if you ever get the opportunity to go there, go. It's just so lovely. What are you doing? No, <laughs> I, 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 uh, Blairstown. Uh, yeah. But um, keep going. Oh, look at that. Yeah, this is from Blairstown. This is Ryan and Ricky. I didn't mean to pick that picture, yeah. but I'm not good at this stuff yet. <laughs> I was trying to find the one from the the shot that we were talking about, but oh well, oh, I can't that, find that's it. Me it's me with that's me with uh, young Jason. Yes, <laughs> so let me take that off of there. Uh, ah, the hell, yeah, I'm not good at that stuff. <laughs> we need a producer. I don't need to watch this <laughs> if I can go downstairs and watch it. I don't know what he means by that, but <clears throat> visiting Blair sounds like I, yeah, I call it Mecca. Mm -hmm. Yep, Visit, religious experience. Have to it's, go back sometime. It's like Elvis fans that go to Graceland. Yeah, in September they're doing another overnight. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to afford it then, but I'm. I'm gonna. No, September's only two months from now. I'm not gonna be able to unless that was September 2024. <laughs> Hopefully that's what it was. I'll have to look at my email. So, but yeah, right away we meet Annie, played by Robbie Morgan. And we get like her little story, and she kind of turns into like our guide mm -hmm. to like the beginning of this film. And Rob, Robbie Morgan, Andy, she's set up here to make you think that she's going to be the final girl. I think yes, and she's kind of like, and I've said this before, she's like a light beer version of like Janet Lee slash Marion Crane from Psycho. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah we brought that up in the yeah, last. She's week. like a light beer version. It's <laughs> not that much. We're not that. We don't invest as much into her as we do into that character in that mm -hmm. film. But it's sort of kind of like that in a way. And she is, we've got September and October booked up, but we'll be back that way next year, I think. Right on. So um, she's actually married to Mark Wahlberg. I found out in my research. Not that Mark Wahlberg. No, not that Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> 
No, 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 not that one, Mark Wahlberg. She's married to the Mark Wahlberg that is the host of Temptation Island and other TV shows. I remember that show. I want to say that came out in the early 2000s. It's still on the air now. How the fuck would I know that? I, I, I only know because she brought it up on Lauren Lauren Marie Taylor's podcast. Oh, Robbie Morgan did? Yeah, Robbie Morgan oh. did. Where she also mentioned Dave Brown and signing his knife. Because ah, cool. Lauren Marie Taylor asked her the, the, the strangest thing you ever signed. And she brought up David Brown's knife. And I was like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just about anybody watching this knows that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy, by the way. Yeah, yeah, sir. So she goes into town, and we meet Enos, played by Rex Everhart, who is the truck driver that is going to give her a ride. But before they can jump into his truck, we meet Crazy Ralph. Yeah, Crazy Ralph. Played by Walt Gorney, the great Walt Gorney. Mm-hmm. Walt Gorney, who is the only character in one of five characters in Friday the 13th that have been in more than one movie. Can you name him? One of five five, five five actors to appear in more than one movie. In more than and one. Not, not archival footage. Either. Okay, okay. Adrian King. Adrian King. Betsy Palmer. Betsy Palmer. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Walt Gorney. Walt Gorney. Oh, my God. This is the easiest one. Not archival. Oh, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder. Yeah. And, um, Got it. Okay. And Walt Gorney it, it appeared in three movies. He three did. Movies. He did. Three. Not yeah. three. Three. <laughs> well, he appeared on screen in two, but he's credited in three. Yeah. The opening narration in part seven. Part seven, yep. We know that. So the only person to be in more than one besides Kane Hodder. Yes. Or more than two besides More than Kane two Hodder. besides Kane Hodder. I digress. Okay. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. You're like, I don't have much, I don't have much else to jump on so we meet Crazy Ralph, you know, and I, I love both these characters. Oh, that was in my notes, too. Thanks, R- 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 Craig. Um, Enos grabs a handful of Hitchhiker's ass. <laughs> Dude, can you blame him? <laughs> he does. He this is before the Me Too movement, man. He was all about that. <laughs> it was, but you got to remember, though, Robbie Morgan is very small in stature. Yeah. How could she get up there without him? I know. You know <laughs> I watched it last night because she was talking. She brought that up on the podcast with Lauren Taylor, too, and... And I was watching it last night or night before. He almost had to get her in there like that. She's very short. <laughs> Not She's at all. <laughs> so, so um, where were you? Where were we at? Where, where he we... knows. So they have their little conversation in the truck on the way to camp, and I kind I like this scene. And I didn't find out until very. You're recently. probably gonna bring up what I was about to bring up, so I'll let you go. They're not in the truck together at not all. Not at all. No. <laughs> but I like it, and I think that them not being in the truck gave you that kind of. I don't know how to explain it, but the way that they were looking, you know, they're looking dead into a camera, but it mm-hmm. gave you this like weird vibe. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. Yeah. But I like that scene. I did. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I think that that really added, that, that helped it somehow. Quit. Damn kids. <laughs> I like Enos because he's an American original. He's an American original. Yeah, I have right. a hat somewhere. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, I picked it up from, from Robbie Morgan, who is still cute as can be. So. He gets her halfway there, drops her off right by Hope Cemetery, which looks exactly the same to this day, that Iron Gate. And Ex- that- except for it has the dick grave now. Oh, yeah. The dick yeah, grave. Yeah, Anybody that follows our page knows yeah, that it's Ricky grave. lost his mind because the guy's last name was Dick. <laughs> he said, there's a dick grave here, Dad. What's up with that dick grave? <laughs> yeah, that was a cool photo. So, but yeah, that gates and everything, it's like the exact same gate. Mm-hmm. It's just been there. It just, it's like, wow, you walk there now and it looks like they just shot that like five minutes ago. Right. 
which is very which close. most of the town is yeah, still so close to the what he was. Sleepy towns like that, like old towns, small towns, are kind of you know are, have that in common. Yeah, they all kind of feel that way. So, but now we're gonna get a little character bomb, which is you know I love those ever so much. <laughs> and we see three characters in a truck driving towards the camp, and they are Ned, played by Mark Nelson. Marcy, played by Janine Taylor, and this guy named Jack, played by uh, what was that guy? Know, some fucking guy. Some guy. Yeah, he, he, I don't know if he ever made it. Kevin fucking Bacon. Kevin Sausage. Kevin Sausage. Kevin Bacon and eggs. Kevossi. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Kevin and Taylor Ham. Yeah, that guy. Are we supposed to call it pork roll? We're supposed to call it pork roll. Yeah. The, the, the natives get mad when you call it Taylor Ham. That's right. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. One side of the state likes Taylor Ham. One side yeah. likes it's a it's a thing. Janine Taylor. Janine Taylor, <laughs> Janine Taylor Bacon. That happened later. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. So they roll into camp, and then we meet Steve Christie, played by Peter Brower, and Alice Hardy, played by, of course, Adrian King. In mm-hmm. short order, we meet these five characters. And then two more very quickly, too. But Steve wastes no time putting the three new counselors to work and wastes even less time being a creep to Alice. I what. And that was like something that wasn't like really locked down. Like, did he have a previous relationship with Alice? Is Alice trying to get with Bing Crosby's kid? I mean, we haven't gotten him yet, right? No, no. Um, they, they don't really explain it. It's kind of vague. So, is he just a creep, or is he a guy that see, you know had a relationship with her like a week ago? See, that's what, I, it's, I don't see know. that's what it sounds like to me. The tension between them is very odd to me. What actor should be referred to as Canadian Kevin Bacon? Oh, there you go. I don't know. <laughs> no, the tension to them is is like very odd, and I think the angle of like this sort of romance, but maybe not between the two of them, it doesn't mm. add anything to the story for me. Oh at no, all. that no at all. It just it just makes them less of a creep that they've actually been together. That's, it, that's it, all. May may or more maybe. Okay, if she's moving on, and you know. Uh, and we never really get to the bottom of this business in California that Alice may or may not have to attend to. Yeah. <laughs> Is that just a throw-in line? Was that something they were going to do something with and never did? I've read a lot of speculation on what that could or could not have been, mm. including some pretty deep stuff. But I digress. It just mm. th- That whole little exchange is just odd. Not really a fan. Right on, right this, on. This little pocket of the movie at all. Um. Yeah. Then we meet Bill, played by Harry Crosby, the son of Bing Crosby, and then Brenda, played by Lori Bartram, is right there too in the little movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this rounds out our cast of counselors. Right. There are just basically the six of them, and then Steve. Because yeah. Yes. So Ned shows that he's the jackass of the group right away. He wastes no time with the arrow scene. And Tom mm-hmm. Savini actually is the one that shot the arrow. Yeah, that almost. Because oh, yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. This is Bartram out. In between being an expert, you know, makeup man, he actually is pretty proficient with a bow and arrow, apparently. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too, too Crank. I think that there was some flirtation in the past when Alice never gave it up and started to back away, which Steve kept wanting to pursue. So yeah, you're saying like he's saying the same thing. Speaking of that though, I got this from uh, Camp Crystal Lake, and this in here is a piece of the rusty pipe that Ned is walking on in the movie, mm. or so they tell me. They the, tell the, me. The, the pipe is still there, part of the pipe. So I, I tend to believe him. So after that little shot, we go back to Annie. 
and she gets picked up again, this time by an unknown person in a Jeep. Right. Um, the music kicks back in, so you know what's going to happen. <laughs> and this this is after we see Mr. Christie pull off in his Jeep, right? That's right. Yeah, he takes And they're off. both the same Jeep, but they yeah. take the top off to make it look like two Jeeps because right. they were poor. Right. Yeah, he took off to go eat lunch, and we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Annie gets picked up. The music kicks right in, so we know it isn't going to be good for her. Um, she has to bail out of the car, like, straight away. Robbie Morgan did the stunt herself. That I didn't know. Yep. That's impressive. Yep, because that's always been rumored. And to get to the bottom of that rumor, Laura Marie Taylor, if we, we had her on recently. All right, you got me with one now because I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't either until then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she has to bail out of the car, and then she's chased down and done in pretty quickly by the killer, who we still don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. It's another great piece of music right here, too. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, my God, this is so fucking you're, it's just going to be a theme. I'm just going to, every time the music kicks in, I'm just going to say how great it is. It's going to geek so out. True. Uh, the kill itself is pretty basic, but the makeup effect of the aftermath was very well done. For From something so Tom similar as right. Did we mention Tom? Yeah, we okay. had mentioned Tom Savini a couple times. Ago. All right. But just the slow, like, uh, the godfather just, of gore. It just looks so good, you know, for what it is. So then after she's done in, we go back to the camp, and Marcy does her little Mae West impression. Yes. Before the other one. Rock and roll. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love Marcy, man. I think she she's uh, one of the cutest girls in the whole franchise. Um, her, between her, Robbie Morgan, and, and Laura Marie Taylor, the, the, those, those are just the three cutest. They're all like five foot tall. They're all brunettes. <laughs> uh, give me Lauren Marie Taylor over those. Others. Oh yeah, I didn't, maybe. Um, the next slit is still just such a simple but great effect. Yep, mm-hmm. definitely. So after that, uh, Brenda thinks she sees someone off in the distance, and all of a sudden, just boom! You know, it's Ned's still just a dickhead, mm-hmm. and he feigns the whole fake drowning. So you can make. Thing. <laughs> To make out with the girl, which even by 1980 was such a played out trope. And it's just like, okay, this character is a fucking asshole. I wonder if that's where Squints got it. <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, it, it worked for him. It worked better for him. He ended up marrying Wendy Peppercorn in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sidetrack, last time we met Ari Lehman, we saw Squints. We did. He was, he was I was there. thinking that too. He yep. was there. They both were there. Yeah, that was just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. By 1980, even by then, that little trope was played out. The fake drowning CPR <laughs> French kiss thing. Just, I don't know. Then, unfortunately, we get the scene with the snake. Oh, this this hate upset it. me. I hate it so much. I, I, it upsets me more because, like, in my research, my little research that I did for this, yeah, I always thought it was a snake that happened. To, so which, either I. way, is not good. Right. But a but snake that a happened, upon, right, uh, happened upon the set and got cut up. And it ended up being some guy's pet that they let use yeah. for the scene. And they didn't tell him they were going to They didn't tell him it was going to kill it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah, that is terrible. I felt so bad. Hate it. I, I, I'm upset that I know this. Thing. Yeah. I mean, actually didn't same. Know. I found this out last year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I found out last night. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, it's <laughs> fresh. I wish I didn't know. I knew that I knew that the snake was real. I know it really died. I, I And I knew it was an improv scene. It wasn't even planned to be in the movie. Right. So, I always thought that the snake just happened and freaked everybody out. That's what I thought, And too. they was like, well, we got to take care of the snake. Yeah. Cause, and know, camera's already here. Yeah. Let's just do it. And that made fine. sense and was okay. Yeah. And then when I found out that the guy was literally inconsolable crying. Right. Yeah, that's what I heard. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really, know how you had that much love for a snake, but you know, whatever. Teach his own. <laughs> so yeah, that just kind of upsets me and puts a damper on the whole thing. Right. So it's whatever. Next up, we meet uh, Officer Dorf. Officer Dorf, played by Ron Milky. Ron Milky. He is a great, great guy. Met he, him a few times. He wants to know where the weed is, <laughs> and also where Crazy Ralph is. And this is the scene that Ron Kurz wrote. Okay. The scene with Dorf. Nice. Um, which actually makes sense because it doesn't really flow with the rest of the it movie. It doesn't. It is a lot, a lot more like, comedic. Now. Officer Dorf scene, of course, not in the original script. It was a rewrite done by Curtis, and Victor Miller hates it. <laughs> and not just because he didn't write it, it's because he wants this camp to feel like it's so isolated from the rest of the world, but a cop just waltzes in, mm. you know, on his motorcycle. Like, it feels like he, he wants them to feel like they're helpless in the middle right. of the woods. And but then, like, the police could just show up willy nilly. It kind of puts a damper on that. And mm. I agree with him. Right. Now, we get some funny lines. You know, from this scene, and it's 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 very memorable, but it doesn't do anything for the story either. No, it really doesn't. And um, so Kevin sit, Bacon made up a lot of his lines in this scene. So sit on it, Tonto. <laughs> yeah, that's what he wrote on my. Phone he did because yeah, you couldn't. That was my idea. I was there. Yeah, because he's like, "What do you want me to write?" You're like, "I don't know." I'm like, "Sit on it, Tonto." He goes, "Yeah." yeah that's a good one. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys can hear that banging, but we are in the basement. My kids are assholes. Yeah. A few of them are, that are here. Yeah, they uh, take after Ned from this movie. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Asshole Ned. <laughs> so after all, Crazy Ralph is hiding in the pantry. Mm -hmm. um, he comes out, does his little spiel. Now I have to ask this. I always wondered this, man, and it's kind of really been on my mind. Crazy Ralph goes on and on and on. This place is cursed and it's dangerous and it's scary. Don't go there. Why the fuck does he go there? Because he was sent by God. Didn't you hear the uh, man? Okay. I'm sent by God. I'm sitting here to warn you. I told you. I told the others. I'm just going to tell you. Hi, Ricky. <laughs> oh, because he heard me call him an asshole. Right? Yeah. Okay, so you guys are watching and you know you're being an asshole. Stop banging. <laughs> so after this whole little deal with Crazy Ralph showing up at the camp, Ned's all off on his own and he sees and hears someone going into a cabin and he goes to investigate. Thank fuck. <laughs> you got the Friday the 13th cat jump oh, scare behind you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> jump scare. Now, I really like this next scene between Jack and Marcy outside. Oh, yeah, this is uh, where we're she's talking about, talking about nightmares. And her and, yeah. mm -hmm. Yes, I really like this, man. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. Mm -hmm. Okay. just I'm going to go out on a real limb here. I think this guy that plays Jack just might make it in this show business. <laughs> he, might, he might be okay. He might do well. Oh, I'm getting called by a 1-800 number. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to do the Jim Cornette? Fuck off. I'm on the air. <laughs> nice. All right. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Thanks, geez. Mr. Cornette. Now I lost my notes. He lost, lost his notes. My... Whoa, look at that. This guy's Spider-Man climbing Holy the walls. Shit. Oh, dude, I've never seen him do that. <laughs> I wish we had that oh on video. God. Oh, now he's back. <laughs> this cat, this cat just got into something. Oh Christ! Okay, so you're we're, we're, we're on the, 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 the scene. The, the scene of yeah. them speaking about her dream. The thunderstorm is going to tear through that place like something. Mm -hmm. You know, and then uh, the, yeah, the the, the, the thunderstorm's coming. Yeah, I which, do like which that. every Friday the Thirteenth, Jack the Weatherman. Exactly, Brian. <laughs> 
See, I got to remember, I, I can do this and like put other, put the comments for other people to That's see. That's right, you can do that. But see, I keep forgetting because I'm new to this. I look like <laughs> I look like a handsome diner guy to me. Yeah, definitely was a handsome diner guy. <laughs> so after that little spiel, they go off to Jack's cabin for some fucking. <laughs> some fucking. Some more people going off for some fucking. Yeah. And this scene, um, Jack, Jack, Kevin Bacon, smoked a, smoked a joint with Janine to get her to calm down and be all, because it was one of the first scenes she did in, like, the nude scene. And she is the first um, first set of titties you see in a Friday the 13th film. That is true. She, I don't ever sign that if I ever meet her. You think she'll do that? If you pay her, she'll probably sign anything. <laughs> <laughs> she knows it. So anyway, meanwhile, the other three counselors are hanging out in a different cabin. Bill's playing the guitar, and it's really him actually playing that, being Crosby's kid. Of course. Of course he could play guitar. And then uh, Brenda, good on her, decides to play some strip Monopoly. And Alice hates Monopoly because of fucking course she does. Fucking Alice. Um, <laughs> this guy. I hate it. I fucking love it. So of course Alice hates it. Well, but she likes the strip version. Okay. Well, Jack and Marcy finish boning, and we see that Ned is on the top bunk already dead. <laughs> they don't know it yet, but they boned with somebody over them and under them. Yeah, yeah, because at that point, it. at that yeah. point, uh, the killer. So they're like, the, we'll they're the Oreo filling, the cream filling in this fucking Oreo horror sandwich. So... Marcy decides to take off to the shower house to wash up, and Jack is left alone. Ricky says his fish is drowning. He has to go. <laughs> his kid says some weird stuff. He does. So, yeah, <laughs> she takes off to the shower house. That leaves Jack all alone. And we get easily, in my opinion, the best kill of this movie. Right no, now. I don't. Really? Are we talking about Marcy? No, Jack. Oh, okay, Jack. Yes, He's for first. sure. He's oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, easily the best. Easily kill. the My best bad. killer. This film. My bad. They're both good though. Yeah, and I think it's one of the better ones in the franchise here with the arrow through the throat deal. Yeah, and um, very well done by uh, Tasso and uh, Stavrakis. I'm not going to attempt to say a guy's name. It's Greek. <laughs> and Tom Savini. Yeah, yeah, Tom Savini. They they had this rig where it was supposed to shoot the blood out, but then it failed. So they so had Tasso to... blew it through like. Like he's siphoning gas, but reverse. Yeah. <laughs> to get the effect to work. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where the bubbles came out, too, yeah. but then it added to it, and they liked it and, and kept it, it that way. And it probably looked a lot better than what they originally uh, Probably did. So after that. But that's why, the, sorry, but that's why the effects on these old movies were so much better. There was so much more feeling into them. The hands-on, creating something with my hands, not typing some shit into a computer, and making it happen, and, right. and you know, like improvising, and like we wanted to do it this way, but then we tried to do it this way, but then it turned into this other great thing, and then we worked with that. Anyway, go ahead. Well, then Marcy does her Catherine Hepburn impression. It was Catherine Hepburn. Was Catherine we we from, had a recently had a discussion from about the this. Rainmaker. Yes. Yeah. While overhearing something or someone down the stall, mm -hmm. so she then walks into her doom. Is she gets an axe to her dome piece. Just, and we don't see it penetrate like her head, but we see the aftermath too, and it does look pretty good. They, 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 they did do one where it swung into her head because they had a fake head made, mm. and it obliterated the head. Oh, and I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if that's on film anywhere. If it was, we would have it on the high dollar box set. I would imagine so. But we don't, so it probably doesn't exist. And it's pretty cool to this day if you go tour the camp like we did. 
Mm-hmm. You go into that thing, that original light fixture that is on yeah. film is there, and they let you, like, push it. And I actually did that. Yeah. And Ricky's in my little video of it. Yep. Where he's, like, there in his little deal. And they have and the axe there, too. It's not the original axe. No, it's not the real axe. But it's there, yeah. But yeah. then you can pose with it there. Yes. It's such a great experience. I just took a shot of myself pushing the light, and then the whole, yeah, it was pretty cool. So then we go back to the, our three remaining counselors. Dropping like flies. Yeah, and Brenda decides to retire for the night back to her cabin because mm-hmm. oh no, I left my windows open and it's raining. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, let's let's just all split up. <laughs> <laughs> well, she splits up. We then flash to the famous Blairstown Diner. Very cool place. Where, where, where this guy's supposed to be back after lunch. I don't know if he said he's going to get lunch or he's yeah. coming back after lunch, but yeah. it's clearly night now. Yeah. In, ju- in July, Steve, right? in June, in June, Steve is finishing up the so world. Eight or nine o'clock. He's finishing up the world's longest lunch, <laughs> and has an, a bit of an exchange with Sandy, played by Sally Ann Golden. Had to put her in there, yeah, because she was terrific. I she was, she was good. Scene. Now, as creepy as I thought Steve was with Alice, I thought he was really wholesome. Yeah, with Sally, and you can tell. He's a regular at this place. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have a I mean, this is a, well, and it yeah. really is in real life, a very small town. The mm-hmm. population's what, like 800 or something? Something like that. You know? But yeah, you can tell that they have a rapport together, that whole deal. She's happy to see him, you know, and it just works. You know, I thought this, this actress and it's just a waitress in a random scene mm-hmm. in a random movie that turned into something big, but I thought she was perfect. I really did. Mm-hmm. And charming. So he takes off and heads back to camp. And now Brenda then heads to the shower house and we get the. So we know. Yes. She's not long for this world. No. But. But she's going to be tortured a little bit uh, mentally first. Mm-hmm. A little different. Now, before that happens, though, Steve, of course, gets car trouble on the way back because this is a horror movie. It's a horror movie in yeah. the 80s. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> He breaks down. Nobody's fucking cars worked. He breaks down, and Sergeant Tyranny, played by Ron Carroll, mm-hmm. comes to his rescue. No relation to, um, oh no, that would be Carol O'Connor. Not, it's not the same as a Carol. Forget that. <laughs> well, we, we cut back to Brenda, and she's in her cabin, but then she starts hearing what sounds like a child in need of help. Mm-hmm. This whole. And, and, and she is a very helpful person. Mm-hmm. I mean, she. Tried to save Ned earlier, and mm-hmm. yeah, so she wants to go help this kid. That why would the kid even be there? And she's lured to the archery <laughs> archery range, which is where the we one part of the yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the one part of the camp we didn't. See. That's true. We've never been there, or so, the loft from the very beginning. No, those, no, are, the two, those are the two buildings. That we didn't yeah. To. So she's lured to the archery range, and all of a sudden she's lit up like the lights, just mm. boom, 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 and then she's swiftly done in off camera. We don't see it, mm. but we hear it. Yeah. And even Alice kind of hears a faint, like something or other. And now Alice and Bill are kind of worried and they just decide to go look for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, they find the axe stashed in Brenda's bed, which we saw in that case. And, and they have it that same they way. They, they staged yeah, it like yeah. that. Yeah. Now, I feel like this series of scenes right here would have played so much better if Bill's character was developed at all, but it wasn't. No, he was the least developed of all accounts. Yeah, yeah, he's just there, you know, and it just, this part of the movie for me drags on like crazy. It just drags. The end of the second act, 
is brutal for me to get through. Mm. And I like this movie a lot. I do. And we'll get to my top and yeah. five and grades. But this part, do not like it. It just seems so slow. Mm-hmm. Any argument? Um, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it is probably the, that description describes this part of the movie best. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think it was too slow. I do. It was slow, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was too slow. I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's okay. Steve is then dropped off by Tierney. Uh, so he can head to an emergency call. Yeah, he has an emergency call. Yeah, so he has to like, all right, dude, sorry, but I can't help you. And he, and he, he um, he, he said he was like eighteen minutes out of the call, like which lets you know that they're at least from that point, at least eighteen minutes from town. Sure. And our light died. It did. Ah, <sighs> uh, we still look okay. <laughs> With us though on camera, the darker the better. <laughs> so Steve then gets back to camp, you know, on his own, and he's done in by the killer right. Next to the iconic sign. The killer that he... That he knows. That he 100% recognizes. Definitely knows. Hey, what are you doing out here this late? Yeah, you know, oh, hi. And it's, yeah. it's a very famous little clip that's been used mm-hmm. many times. Just the, like the change in his face yep. expression. He almost seems like comfortable with this person for a split yeah. second. And then they just ah, betray him. Yep. You know? Well, then, after that, the killer then cuts the power to the whole fucking joint. Mm-hmm. And... Bill decides to go investigate, and now this part also goes on for what seems like forever in a day to me. It does. It just... Jesus, this, this drags. Okay. Yeah, just so bad. Now, Alice puts on some coffee because even she needs a little bit of caffeine while waiting for this fucking third act to start. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't mind this. Co- Other people have bitched about this coffee scene. That doesn't bother me one bit. It's the little bit before that does... She's got to stay awake, man, to make it to the end of this movie. (laughs) Well, she makes her coffee, and then she discovers Bill's corpse and flips the fuck out, and rightfully so, and now the third act is finally fucking here. (laughs) It starts out with Alice barricading herself, you know, in the cabin. Poorly. By by any means necessary, but She's trying. She was trying. Yes. But, you Um, know, she wasn't very experienced in something like that. Now, here's... Here's something where you might feel a little better, though. I'm actually going to give Adrian King some shine right here. I am. During this section of the film, I find her acting to be quite good. Uh, She is legitimately terrified, and it's believable. Oh, it shows. You know, while she's, like, kind of freaking out doing this barricade thing, like, just hysterical almost. I think it's the best bit of acting that she does in this Mm -hmm. movie here. And it's quite good. So I have to give her a little shine. Because not going to make my top five <laughs> <laughs> on this list or the other one. So as soon as she calms down, Brenda is thrown through the window. She Brenda, just, who at that point was Tom Savini. Oh, well, oh, through the window. Through the window. Yeah. yeah okay. mm-hmm. And her corpse is thrown through the window and the music kicks right back in. And now at this point. The music louder than it has been. It's just, oh yeah, because it's more intense. Yes. raping up. It's crescendoing. Yes. Here. Um, and she's freaking out. She doesn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, the lights of a familiar jeep roll in the can, mm-hmm. and she busts out, you know, and heads out. And she's expecting to see Steve. I think so. Yeah. Because she says so much. Steve, yeah, because yeah. he drives a jeep. Yeah. Very similar, actually. It's, it's the exact same one, but to her, very plates. similar, right? <laughs> 
But instead of Steve, we meet a woman named Pamela Voorhees, played by Betsy Palmer. Who needed a car. Mm. <laughs> she did need a car. And that's why we see her on screen. Who <laughs> was adamant that every time you see her before this, it was some Greek man that played me. Yeah. Because those are not my hands, those yeah. are my feet, those are my jeans. Yeah. Now, just for me, anyway, just when this film was starting to get sideways just a little bit with this dragging and just getting mm -hmm. slow, it gets completely rescued by her presence. Oh, me. absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody, they, there was a couple other people, and I'm not even going to go with their names because I can't remember. They're on my notes and they're not important, but if they would have gotten anybody else, yeah, this yeah, is it's not perfect. Same. This no, was perfect. No. Um, she is terrific. She's terrific. When now, did you see this movie before you seen any of the other movies or no? It's hard to really remember. See, for me, so for me, I had seen Hockey Mask Jason before, Four, first? before two and before one. Okay. So, like, I was really shocked at this point mm. because I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> you know? um, I don't remember which, if I saw this first or not. I, I kind of wish young, I would have. I was such a young kid that I yeah. didn't know. No, I was, I was probably four or five years old. Well, Hockey Mask Jason came out in 83, right? Uh-huh. So I couldn't I, I the most I could be is four. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was so young mm -hmm. when that happened. But you know, when she gets to that he wasn't a very good swimmer line. Yeah. With that sinister smile we can and kind of like and like patting right? Alice on her head almost motherly. The next line I think is we can go now, right? Yeah, it's just last ah, the chef's kiss though. Yes. Patting her on the head like that. It's just <laughs> oh it's so fucking creepy, but it's so good, you know. Uh, now the chase slash fight is on because Alice figures out real quick that this well, they both did their own stunts <laughs> yeah. for the most part. Yeah, this is the lady that just killed all my friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> and now Alice discovers more of her dead friends during this chase. Yeah, you know, the, Steve hanging Steve upside down, down and, with the yellow yeah. rain slicker on um, still. Any any in the riding shotgun for God knows how long yeah, in the jeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm not the biggest fan of long chase scenes just for the sake of having long chase scenes at the end of slasher films, but I like this one. This one was good. I do like this one. Now, the close-up shots, too, of Betsy doing, like, the killer mommy, killer, get us so fucking good. Yeah. So good. She was born to play that role. She was. <laughs> as much as you she know. didn't want to, thought the movie was shit. And that's the crazy thing, too. She didn't want to do this, didn't want to do this, thought it would just be a flash in the pan thing, and now it's absolutely the first thing anyone thinks of when they hear her. Now. Right. Even and she embraced that, it later yeah, on. Yeah. So, oh, you know, for sure. Good. Oh, for sure. Became, she became a champion. Because um, we know even a frying pan can't stop Pamela Voorhees. No. Not for long. No, not subdue for her long. temporarily. So, yeah. We then get the epic fight on the shore. Mm -hmm. To just about wrap this thing up. The music is just so fucking iconic right here, too. Just this, these cues are just, mm, they've been reused in other things. Yeah. This specific piece of music yeah. right here on mm -hmm. the shore. Uh, the video game, too. They use it in very prominent spots. Just so well done. Alice gets a chance to break free momentarily and sees the machete. Mm -hmm. Picks it up. And then we all know what happens. This is the most important beheading in horror movie history. Yeah. Just... And then, of course, we see Tasso's Tasso's hands. hands. Hairy, knuckled Greek And guy. high definition has <laughs> fucked this up a little bit. She's She's been gone for eight years now, yes. 
Yeah, it's been a while. So, so high definition has kind of ruined this a little bit because you see the toothpicks that were holding the 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 fake head on in the in the you didn't see that in the old VHS copies, <laughs> but no. now now these 4K. Oh, now you can see it plain as day. Yeah. Even before 4K, just like Blu-ray. Yeah. If you really look close, you can see uh, all the little flaws. Man, they're banging around. <laughs> it is so, what it is. I'll go, I'll go kick their ass into this. So she, whoosh, she lops her head off. Now the killer is dead. Everything is safe. Alice takes a canoe out to the middle of the lake and passes out in exhaustion. It's morning. The police show up to help her, and everything is finally over. And they have the nicest, softest mm-hmm. piece of music in the whole movie. Or is it over? Is it over? Is it? Is it? <laughs> well, we get, for my money, the second greatest jump scare in the history of all horror movies right here. And quite possibly the most iconic scene in the history of horror movies. Yeah. And I had the little video of it that my kid was supposed to turn into video that I could put on here, and I was supposed to be able to hit a button and play it, but he sucks, and I don't know how to do it. It's the first Jason, played by none other than friend of the show, friend Ari Lehman. First Jason. Right there. Who's rocking it right now? I have the same shirt. Didn't yeah. wear it today. <laughs> oh, my Ari Lehman. And, you know, this final jump scare Please. is definitely an homage to Carrie. You know, with, you know, Sue Snell getting grabbed up. Which was uh, Brian, Brian De Palma, right? Yeah. And, and Brian De Palma, De Palma said he, loved seen, he, he, lo- he, he loved said it. he saw it coming, but he loved it anyway. He said he loved it. Um, and then, yeah, Alice wakes up in the hospital and we realize the jump scare was just a dream. But again, mm. who was it? Or was it? And that's the and end. He's still out there. Yeah. Then he's still there. And that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Mm. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, 1980. If anybody there wants to drop, we're going to do the grades and Ryan's five things he likes and five things he didn't like. So you want to drop your grade in the comments. That'd be awesome. You can do that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure 80, 89. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with everybody gives it, gives it, gives it a good grade. Oh, can you not? <laughs> I'm going to say a lot of A's if they actually take the time to comment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can, kinda, you can go. I mean, uh, it's hard. Well, let me finish my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like getting tongue Five there. things you – are you doing like or didn't like first? Oh, top five always first. The good things. Okay. Always go first. Good. Uh, the top five things I liked about Friday the 13th, 1980. Uh, number five is the setting of the camp itself. Mm, yes, it. definitely. It's isolated. Um, it's beautiful, and it's just a great setting for something like this. Uh, number four, my number four favorite thing I liked about this film is are the Blairstown scenes and Annie's arc at the beginning. Oh yeah, I really like that. It's a very good setup to the eventual camp scene that we get. My number three favorite thing about this film is Pet- Betsy Palmer's Pamela Voorhees. She's just terrific. You know, we gushed over that already. But, yeah, that's number three. My number two favorite thing about this film is the final jump scare. We talked about that as well. And my number one favorite thing about this movie. Oh, I already know. It's Harry Manfredini. It's absolutely. Music. It's number one. I, I, knew that, I knew that's where he would go. Yeah. A++ plus, plus, plus from Ricky. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. So those are my top five things. All right. My bottom five things I didn't like. I know the number one of this is, but go ahead. Yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) Uh, Number five is that Bill's character never fully got developed. It never really, they never even began to develop him compared to the other characters. Yes, it is. He's he's just there, you know. And it's unfortunate because I think they could have done something with that character, especially being, you know, Bing Crosby's son. 
could have been used in marketing, like they were talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, my number four least favorite thing about this film is Steve and Alice's chemistry together in that scene. It was very off-putting to me. Right. I didn't like it, and it didn't add anything to the story one way or the other. My number three least favorite thing about this film is the pacing of the film in certain spots. It just feels very I thought this would be your number one. And this is three. Okay. Um, now I'm curious. The end of the second act just feels like a lot of filler. Yeah, but that's okay because the first act and the first half of the second act and the entire third act are good. But the, just the back like 30, 30, 40% of the second act just drags to me. Mm -hmm. uh, my number two least favorite thing about this movie is the scene with the snake. Because. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And my number one least favorite that's thing. That's my number one. My, that's your number one? Yeah, that's my number sure. two. My number one least favorite thing about this movie, man, and I don't really talk about it much, but I really never cared for it. I don't like the character of Ned one bit. Ned? I don't like Ned. <laughs> I like Ned. I don't. Okay. Um, and it's crazy because we do have the goofball character, Stu Charno, in two. He's and so I love that. He's I love, so much better. I that's love, why. I love Stu Charno. In yeah, Stu Charno's amazing. This guy, though, don't like him at all. Don't like. I know you can only do what's on the pages, you know, and just didn't like it. Don't like yeah. it. Don't like that. Maybe Stu Charno was so much better because he improvised and ad-libbed a lot of his stuff and, like, really was into it more. But we'll get into that on part two. So any top or bottom five or anything well, you want to mention? Well, the, the snake thing yeah. was a thing. When I heard the original story, the way I heard it, I, I didn't hate it. I kind of liked it. It kind of made sense. But um, when I hear it was some guy's pet, and then the guy was traumatized, yeah. as anybody that's lost a pet, I mean, even though it's a snake, and that's weird, but, you know, like, I can relate to that. That's horrible that they would do that to that man. That is terrible. Nowadays, you might get you might get prosecuted, go to jail for something like oh, that. Of course you would. I mean, the PETA like wouldn't God, even look at Goddard's it. Law in Ohio. Yeah, oh, God. Go, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We have Dick Goddard's Law in Ohio. People not from Ohio are like, who the fuck is that? But <laughs> don't worry about it. But it's just a thing. It protects animals, mm -hmm. pretty much. Yeah, so, definitely. So, yeah, that, that really put a bad taste in my mouth. And you know how much of an animal guy I right, am, Right, yeah, same. And that just goes to show you how much I dislike Ned to put him above that. <laughs> Yeah, because I had forgotten so, about that. That's why yeah. I thought that would be your number one. Okay, so, uh, so you give your grade first. Oh, it's a it's an A. It's a it's an A. It's in my opinion, it's easily the 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 best film. Again, it's not my. It's, sometimes it is my favorite. My favorites are one, two, and five, and not always in that order. Um, but I think that this is yeah, it's, it's an A all day. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's an A plus 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 plus, plus like Ricky says. <laughs> But it is fantastic. That's like the shout out to uh, Christmas Story, Ralphie's <laughs> theme. Hey, plus 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 plus. This is Shields. Uh, not an A for me. Not an A. Okay. But this will be the highest grade I've given a Friday the Thirteenth film so far. Ooh. Anxious for the Part Four review. Uh, it's That's coming. It's coming. Uh, we got to finish. That one's gonna get a goddamn A from this guy. Almost bad. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> we have to finish the odd numbers though. Yeah, because we're weird like that. So we don't. We don't. Once, we, once it got to three odd numbers, we're mm -hmm. like, it's we, we got to do all the of them. So we did part seven first. That was yep. that was a C minus for me. We did part five next. That yeah, was, that was a B for me because of Carol's passing. We pushed that up. We did part eleven, aka Freddy versus Jason. Next, that was a D minus for me. Right. Friday the Thirteenth, the original, nineteen eighty, B plus. B plus, almost an A. Yeah. So um. Ted White, man, epic. Yeah, no doubt. Mm. No doubt. Well, we did our favorite Jasons, and that was my number one. 
Yeah, he was up there for me. I'm a big uh, Steve Dash guy. I think you had Ted at number two. Because I, mean, yeah, I, 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 I flip-flop with him mm-hmm. and Brooker. Okay. So I think I did have him at number two. No lower than three. No, you might have had double, Brooker. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely made your top three. Mm-hmm. So. so that was our review of Friday the 13th. We are going to get out of here because I got a bazillion things to do. I still got to clean my car, get ready to take the trek down to Mansfield, Ohio, to the Ohio State Reformatory to see my good friend, if he's still in here, J.P. Cross, and uh, Killer's Confession, and fucking Pantera. And um, no, I don't care that it's two other guys. I'm still going to fucking go and rock out and love life. And um, the, 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 the place where the concert is, for those of you that aren't from Ohio, is the filming location for Shawshank Redemption. That's right. And allegedly a haunted prison, and they're going to be doing tattoos and shit, and there's going to be 100,000 motherfuckers, and I don't like people, but it should be a great time. So I will see if um, Shane and Candace are watching this. I will see you guys shortly to pick you up. You're probably still at work, actually. And uh, we will get get, get heading to, 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 to Mansfield. But um, next week, on Friday, back at our regularly scheduled time, we are doing Christmas in July. And maybe he'll bump into Kevin out there. Maybe. I don't know who Kevin is, but maybe. <laughs> we are going to be doing Christmas in July next Friday on a regularly scheduled time of, uh, what do we usually do this, about 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, yeah, because I get off at 7. Um we are going to review Adam Marcus's movie, Secret Santa. And if you guys haven't seen that, you can find it on um, Amazon for like four bucks and a couple other places. I don't think it's streaming anywhere for free. It's kind of hard to find in stores on DVD. Um, he's a, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to find on DVD. You can go to his website and order it and he'll send you an autographed copy. Um, I think it's a great movie. I hope Ryan likes it. And, um, I haven't seen it yet. He hasn't seen it yet. Um, and it was um, he made the movie with uh, his um, students where he teaches um, film with. And uh, I, th- I think they did a fantastic job, awesome practical effects. And we'll go over that. And I'm going to invite Adam on. And if he has time, he could pop in for a little bit. I don't know if he's going to or not. I sent him a thing about it. I'm going to send him another thing and bug him. And... Um, so hopefully we can get that together, but that'll be next Friday at eight. But for now, we are going to get out of here. And um, anything else? There goes the neighborhood.
What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back once again to the whole damn enchilada podcast. Rick Paulton, Ryan Inman, oh, not in that. the house over that way. Yeah. <laughs> that way, <laughs> on remote from his his, uh, his new pad. So uh, doing things a little different with the with the remote broadcast. We never did this, so hopefully this doesn't totally suck. Tonight we are here to review. Adam Marcus's 2018 film, Secret Santa, hence the Christmas hat. Ryan, where's his Christmas stuff? I said, I'm looking at this guy. This guy is not, is not in the Christmas spirit. Um, I got my um, Christmas Friday the 13th shirt. I got the fucking elf over here. Oh, what's I'm up? A, I'm a big Scrooge, man. I see. Fucking Christmas, Jared said that. <laughs> yeah, he's not a big Christmas fan, Jared. I was on his podcast earlier today. Uh, I had to pinch hit for Brian. Brian had oh, some yeah. shit going on, and they, they needed to record, so they think they're out by Monday because they've got a they got a streak going where they they haven't missed a week yet, and for almost a year. Michaela thinks the elf is funny. Yeah, that was the idea. It's supposed to be there. It's, it's for laughs. <laughs> All right. Um, hold on one second, please. Interruptions. Alrighty then, fucking people. <laughs> so, how, how are how are things going this week? Uh, busy. F- very busy. Yeah, new new promotion, more more work. Another moving. New, another new store again this week. <laughs> yeah, but, but this is the permanent one now. You should be there for forever, right? Yeah, or for the well, for the duration. Foreseeable future. Foreseeable future. Don't say that forever word, man. That, that forever. Oh, no, no. <laughs> No more squints. <laughs> no, man, like, good thing is, though, I punched in today at 39 hours, so an hour nice. into my shift today, it was OT, baby. Nice, yeah, that's good stuff, good stuff. Oh, yeah, um, 10 hours today, so, yeah. <laughs> hell, yeah, hell, yeah. Uh, I called off work because I, I think I think some of them some of them hillbillies at the incarceration festival gave me uh, the COVID. I got some breathing problems going on and things. What's up, Laura? Laura in the house, Hello. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but I still I, I still did a bunch of shit. I, I didn't, like, rest. And I got to work tomorrow because I'm out of overtime and life sucks. But uh, I work by myself, so I don't have to worry about affecting other people as long as I don't spit on people's money. I, uh, I <laughs> at a concert last year, too, one that you took me to. <laughs> I, I probably gave it to you because I didn't know I had it because my wife tested negative. Adam says we're watching y'all on YouTube. Thank you, Adam Marcus. The director of the flick is watching. All right, awesome. Yeah, him and his wife, uh, she's sick too. So they're, they, yeah, I tried to get them to come on, but they're sick, so they're going to watch from bed. And they'll, they'll be in the comments and reading the comments. So if anybody has seen the movie, anybody seen the movie this week besides you? <laughs> Me. Oh, um, man. We have some. I showed it to at least five people, and they fucking laughed their asses off. But um, we we'll get into. Yeah, Adam and I have something in common then too, because my lady is sick in bed as well right now. <laughs> I I, I, just, everybody's I, sick. 
actually asked her if she wanted to do a run-in because she watched the movie with me last night. Oh, yeah, that'd be great if she if she ends up getting up, no? If she's that no. sick, okay. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get Ricky on, I think, for a little Ricky Reviews movies for like a couple minutes in a little bit. Uh, he says, hi, Adam. Um, let's see, let's put that up there. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty then. So, uh, did you? That's Ricky's friend, Adam Marcus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, so, um, did you? Uh, were you able to watch the special features on the disc? No. No. Okay. Yeah. I think that's uh, definitely a must. But um, I'm going give to you watch, time. I'm going to watch them after the review. Right on. But I didn't want to let that cloud the cloud your judgment of the movie. Film. Okay. Right. Yeah. Which is why I haven't jumped in on any of this stuff when Adam was on yet. Yeah. Because you know how I am. Like, same when you interviewed Bobby Heckman. I didn't want to speak to the man until I did the review of his movie. <laughs> All right. Um, I warned him that you have uh, strong feelings towards Jason Goes to Hell, to say the very least. Well, <laughs> we haven't we haven't reviewed that one yet. It's no, we out. haven't, but we don't need to. <laughs> I mean, we will, remove, we, we, will, we will review it. But I don't need to review it to know how you feel about it. See, here's the thing about that. I, I wouldn't mind speaking to him before we review that because I've been familiar with that film for about 30 years now. In my opinion is mm-hmm. not going to change. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah, so what, what we'll try to do is um, after this, I'll shoot him a message and see, you know, have him yeah. get to get back to us when if and when he has time. Maybe we can have him on for that. Oh, I, um, I have, he, a, well, he knows how polarizing that is, you know. A million um, questions about that movie. Yeah, and I'm uh I'm really interested in the documentary that's coming out that he filmed for that. Me too. Uh, it should be coming out real soon. Um, hearts, hearts of darkness, hearts of darkness. Adam, if you're listening, and you want to chime in in the comments, and if you, if you got any update on when that when that might come out, that'd be awesome. So, you want to just uh, get into the meat of the matter, the reason we're here? Are we gonna do it like we usually do it when you're here, or how you want to do this? Yeah, but I figure you take the lead on this one since I've only watched it once. So. I have notes, but they're minimal. Minimal? <laughs> okay. All right. So I will do my best then. <laughs> Usually you have like the rundown of the way things are going to go. See, so, I do, I do kind of have that, but it's in my phone, and I'm kind of using my phone right now. <laughs> right. I get it. I get it. Yeah, damn it. So you gotta, we got to get you a computer or a laptop or some shit I like have, that. I have one. It's just not here. All right. So we will freestyle, and... uh we're doing the soundtrack and color timing, and then we're done. Coming soon. That's from Adam. Nice. But I don't know why I can't put that up there because he's his, his comments are popping pop, pop through on my Facebook, but not on the the feed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he's probably on my. He, oh, he's probably he might be messaging me on Facebook, but he might nevertheless. Be. But yeah, I'll just read his comments. He says we're doing the soundtrack and color timing, and then we're done. Coming soon, and uh, that is awesome. Really looking forward to that. So with this movie. Came out in uh, 2018, and uh, was directed by Adam Marcus. And one of the biggest names that you'll recognize is oh, what the fuck is his name? Robert, 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 the guy that did all the special effects. I don't have his name written down, but he did special effects for literally everything. Jason goes to hell. Um, yeah, he was messaging me. Okay, um, makes sense then. Uh, I'm going to go to the IMDb page, goddammit. But, um, so, but yeah, this guy, like, if you look at his IMDb credits, the dude that did the special effects, it's just insane. I want to say Kurtzman. Does that sound right to you? Kurtzman? Yeah. That sound like a guy that might have did something like this? 
First name? Robert. Robert Kurtzman? Maybe. It is Robert Kurtzman. Bob Kurtzman. Um, he did uh, he he did special effects for literally oh my god everything from Dust a lot of Wes Craven stuff from Dust Till Dawn, Wishmaster, some Friday or uh, some Friday Jason Goes to Hell, Doctor Sleep, uh, you name it, dude. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob. He did some stuff for Kevin Smith. A couple movies with him. Uh, dude is a great special effects guy. I mean, he I oh. thought so. So those some some of those are some pretty big movies too, man, and not even necessarily horror. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's uh he's been around forever and he's done stuff. He did Tusk, if you remember. If you, have you seen Tusk? I have not. That's a borderline horror movie. That I mean, I guess it is a horror movie. That's a Kevin Smith thing. We cool. should check that out. Maybe review that. I, I thought it was fucking fantastic. A lot of people hate it. He did horror. Yoga Hosers for Kevin Smith. He yeah. did uh, Texas Chainsaw. Okay, um, so what you're saying is this guy has a real job? Oh no, this guy, th- this guy's <laughs> easily the most accomplished person that's credited here. And um, obviously, Adam knows him from he did Jason Goes to Hell with him. Yeah, and um, I thought he did a fantastic job with the practical effects. This is all practical effects. This movie was shot with a thirty-eight thousand dollar budget, which is it's nothing, you know, in a Hollywood movie. And uh, most of the actors and actresses were from his school. Skeleton Crew Productions, uh, Skeleton Crew Productions, um, do, 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 do. all right, right on, and now we're caught up. Now, and I, I noticed a lot of the uh, actors in this film are in some of his other films. Yeah, some of his other stuff. Yep, absolutely. Um, I wrote down um, all the actors' names and how many credits that they had, and if anything stuck out, I uh, I, I, I made a note of that. So. When we uh, when the movie first starts, we have uh, Kyle and his uncle, whose name I don't have. Look at that. I'm so ill prepared. Curtis Fortier, maybe? Starts with a C. Yeah, Curtis Fortier. I didn't put the name of, that he played in that movie. He has 34 things. And then um, Kyle. Kyle, I think, really stood out in this. Yeah. Um, well, I know I knew who he was. He's a he's a stand up comedian, and one of his stand up specials, um, I think, was called "Did I Stutter?" So that leads me to believe that the stutter was a real thing. Yeah, he really does stutter. That's yeah, right. which honestly, I mean, I think really added to his character in this movie. Yeah, and I I was familiar with him because, as as you know, some people might or might Drew not. Lynch is his yeah. name. And I'm I didn't write who he played in this. He is in seven other roles. I'm a huge, huge Howard Stern fan. Classic Howard Stern. Okay. And Howard Stern went on to be one of the hosts of AGT. Uncle Curtis. He Adam's in the comments now. He's like, yes, that's him. Oh, see, all kinds of stuff. He's answering all my questions that I was having trouble uh, with. <laughs> I'm late. <laughs> He's the K and K and B, Robert Kurtzman. <laughs> Alrighty then. But yeah, Uncle Carter and um, Kyle are driving. To this, uh, to this um, Christmas party, where everybody's going in the mountains. And if you watch the the, the, the behind the scenes, they had a lot of uh, Brian in the house, Immanizer, uh, South Jersey Jason, ho ho ho, handsome the, diner guy, the handsome diner guy himself. So we got celebrities all over the place. <laughs> so um, as I was saying, so they were on their way to this dinner party. At this house in the mountains, and if you watch the document or the documentary on the on the Blu-ray, which you didn't get to yet, they had a lot of problems getting up there because of all the snow and cold, and didn't have the right chains on the cars and things like that. And um, 
So it was a it was a real trying operation. And again, on the super limited budget, I imagine a lot of that thirty eight thousand was travel and just setting everything up and just I mean, it had to be pretty rough, you know, working with, with such a little amount of money for this movie. Craft so we got service. what's that? Craft service. Yeah. So we're on the uh, so you see those two and then you see Next, I believe, is when you see Jackson, played by Nathan Hedrick, and uh, where's his girlfriend? His girlfriend's name was Jacqueline, I imagine. I did a horrible job writing this stuff down. I'm having a hard time reading my own writing. Your handwriting is really fucking hard. It is so bad. It is so bad. Michelle Renee Allaire. I will bet dollars to donuts that that's her, because her name is right after Jackson's. And I tried to do this in order. And she was in Adam Marcus's films like Nerd Girls and Conspiracy with uh, Val Kilmer. Yeah. And when we when we finally get Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, fuck Val Kilmer. When we finally get Adam on, he's got some Val Kilmer stories. Let me tell you. Yeah. I, <laughs> need I, don't, hear. I don't think we're gonna get Val Kilmer on. No, I, I, yeah, I don't want to anyway. Fuck that guy. And, and if we did, I, I don't know <laughs> if he'd have many Adam Marcus stories. <laughs> you guys, something else, man. So, but um, Jackson, he was actually in Hatchet Two. Which is yet another guy that that uh, was killed by Kane Hodder that was in a previous horror movie. <laughs> he was at, he was he played the skinless Tony Todd. Tony Todd played uh, Reverend Zombie. You haven't seen any yeah. of the Hatchet movies yet, have you? I think the first one. Yeah, we got to do those just so we could like play a game of how many cameos, how many, yeah, guys from other horror movies Kane killed that we know. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, he and he, he did a bunch of voice acting and cartoons and things. So this guy's character, I mean, he he everybody in this movie pretty much are pieces of shit. This is the biggest piece of shit family in history, pretty much. They're and, wild, and, they're crazy. And this character takes the cake in that department. Oh, Jackson? Yeah. Oh yeah, Jackson is over the just, top. Just a total degenerate. Yeah, he is uh, he is something else. He's getting getting uh, road on the way there. Uh Brian says, "Damn right." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and he, he, he's um, yeah, he's something else. And then, um, then we're introduced to um, April and her boyfriend Ty. Ty is Michael Rady. He was in fifty-three different things, a couple looked, of big things. He looked familiar, but I couldn't place him. He was in Jay Edgar, as Ooh. well as as well as Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And, uh, Which and is a huge movie. I ain't never seen the motherfucker. All right? And Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants too. Oh, you seen them both? No, but I okay. Saw the credit. Okay. All right. I was gonna say we can keep that on the download. We don't gotta tell the dozens and dozens of of watchers right now that you're watching Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I won't let that out. I legit don't even know what that movie's about. I just know it's the ultimate chick flick. I have no idea what it's about. I know it made a lot of money and a lot of girls watched it. That's all I know. Is that a bigger chick flick than, like, How to Make an American Quilt? <laughs> it sounds like right on that same level, man. Right on that same level. <laughs> but a chick flick, this is not. <laughs> so, no. As I said, we're, so we're introduced to Ty and A. Leslie Keys, who's April. Now, she is a character actor from many, many shows, Bones, Animal Kingdom, Criminal Minds, 32, other cre- 32 total credits, that's all I wrote down, but there was other stuff, CSI, things like that. So she'd been in a lot of things before. And she is the daughter, uh, brother to, sister to Kyle. And she's worried because her mom is a total bitch. I mean, there's no other way to say it. 
Right, so, yeah, I know. I know. She's, she's watching. The, the mom is actually watching. She's not a bitch. Her character's a bitch, which I'm sure she's proud of. <laughs> so That's what she's going for. <laughs> yeah. So so she, she's freaking out, you know, introducing a new boyfriend to the mom. The mom's very judgmental and just just has all kinds of issues. So she's very nervous. He's trying to calm her down. And, and it starts off just like your traditional um, Hallmark holiday movie, which... Yeah. With swear words. I confirmed what Adam Marcus was exactly what he was going for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it basically was like a home Hallmark movie with cussing and roadhead. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, and then and then it gets batshit crazy. So we're we're on our way up. We see them. So we're introduced to those six characters, and then finally Ty and April pull up to the house, and uh, we're introduced to Char, which is uh, which is. De- De- Debbie Sullivan, Deborah Sullivan, who's Adam Marcus's wife, is a lovely wife. Who co-wrote this too? Who co- who um they do everything together. They they have like the best thing going ever. Like everything very artistic together. They help each other with everything: writing, directing, producing. And, I mean, the dude the dude hit the jackpot with her. So and I'm sure he knows that. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right off, but I won't say who. One of the two of them did a very good job on this movie. <laughs> all right all right so um so where are we at where are we at so they're introduced to her she's given april the business oh uh, like uh like you never told me michael rady is a huge hallmark and lifetime guy which made him perfect for the christmas <laughs> and adam says yes i did but i believe he's referring to not your last comment but to my comment about about marrying very well yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I dollars to donuts. That's in response to you and not me. <laughs> right. So, so as I was saying, so we're introduced to her. She's given her shit because you know, like, oh, I can't remember all of your suitors, and like, basically putting her out like she's a whore. Who is this guy? She talks about him all the time. You know, so, so Sherry's uh, she's Sherry's just just a horrible person. So they 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 come into the house and um, um, I'm see see I. Usually Ryan does all this stuff, and I just butt in with my opinions. And I did not write a little draft out, so we're gonna we're doing the best we can to get through this, and hopefully we're not sucking too bad. But so we get it, we we get introduced to those six. We arrive at the house. She freaks out because she's late. Introduced to Shari. All right. So when they go in, um, they show them to their bed, which is bunk bed. She's playing the whole old fashioned thing. You guys aren't married. You're not sleeping in the same bed. And meanwhile. Jackson or Jackson and uh, his, his lady are, are are going at it in that bedroom. Um, Kyle shows up and uh, Penny shows up. Everybody's showing up. Uh, we're introduced to Shari's sister, which is Pat Destro, and she was in again another character actor in a lot of different things: Grey's, Judging Enemy, CSI, um, and she played Carol, who is Shari's sister. Yeah. And uh, I thought she, I thought, I was really impressed with all the actors in this, to be honest with you. Some more than others. But, some um, way more than some others. Some way more than others. And we'll get I into that. We'll ask about, like, who your favorite was and yeah. maybe who your least favorite. We'll get to that. I think three really stood out, and they've all been mentioned already. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree. Um, so, so um, she has got... Catering, cooking this dinner all day. They're in a house in the mountains. Really rich people, really rich, snobby people. 
And every holiday, they play a game called Secret Santa, which everybody's heard of. They do it maybe a little different, where they pull names out and give each other presents, and you have to guess who the present came from. And so so, so it's like that. So they're all sitting around the table getting ready to eat. Um, And uh, they're going through the Secret Santa presents, and uh, somebody commented... Kayla Liam said he's impressed to know they were all really good actors. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, that's my daughter talking to her friend who's like eight and probably never seen this movie. See, because he probably doesn't have parents that are as bad as me corrupting their kids. And me and my me and my ten year old, eight year old just watched this movie earlier today. <laughs> and like I said, we'll probably get Ricky down here to give a quick little five minute uh, dissertation of what he thought of it. And um, because uh, I, I corrupt kids with horror. That's what I do. <laughs> that, so, was my, that was my favorite bit the first time you had Michaela on. She's like, I shouldn't be watching it. You're like, you were, you're a little girl. We watch a movie about dolls together. Yeah. Play. <laughs> play. Yeah, we're watching doll movies. Yeah, she's not into the horror movies as much as him. She does like classic horror movies, though. Like, Psycho <laughs> is one of her favorite movies. So, like, uh, as far as slashers and, like, yeah, stuff like that, she's not really into it. She gets scared. But um, Ricky loves all that shit. So, so they're, they're they're sitting around doing the Secret Santa thing, and uh, the 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 one oh before back up back up back up the dad shows up out of the blue, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and the mom takes everybody's phone because she wants everybody to be Christmas. We don't want you know she's trying to pretend she's Mother of the Year, but she really don't give a shit anyway. <laughs> you know she don't. It's more so, of a, it's more of a control thing. And it's yeah exactly and an act just like she Add acted in- like she made the fucking turkey. Right, that adds into this this character. Right, so she she uh so the dad shows up because she was invited by April, and um so she was invited by April and uh, Penny, the other daughter who I, I mentioned briefly, but I didn't mention her name. It's Ryan Lee Seaton, and uh, I thought again, I just thought everybody's so fucking good. Um, John Gilbert was the the father. And he passed in 2021. I saw he that. He played Leonard. Yeah. And um, so he is the owner of a pharmaceutical company, which is where all this family's money comes from. They're super rich. Everything, all the money's in pharmacy and legal drug like dealers, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're, they're, they're worse than the street drug dealers. So he, he, he obviously, they're divorced. They don't get along. She's like, Christmas is my holiday. What the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Call the police. I don't care. Make a big scene. I don't care. I'm staying. So she finally breaks and invites him in. And then that's when they sit around for the dinner. And everybody's drinking the punch, which will come back later. So everybody's wow. drinking the punch, except April, who is an alcoholic. And everyone's giving her, oh, you're still, you still think you're an alcoholic and blah, 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 and giving her shit for it, you know, which I thought was, um, was crazy because, I mean, you've talked about it on the show. You're, you're a recovering alcoholic yourself. Yes. And, and a lot of people act like it's not a big deal and it's nothing. And, oh, you could just have one drink with friends. And, but no, that's not the way it works, you know? And, um, people just, people that drink don't really respect that. A lot of times, and that was obvious here. See, I, I got to be honest. I can't relate too much on a personal level because my support system has been outstanding. Right. Everyone, like in my life, including yourself, has just mm. been A-plus to me in this whole thing. But I've heard 
stories about people that are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, so, so he's just never going to drink again? I'm like, well, hopefully. <laughs> That's yeah, the fucking no. goal. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> so, so everybody's sitting around. They're drinking the punch. They're exchanging some gifts. Um, the mother gives uh, Jackson's girlfriend a well. We don't know what's the mother, but we assume it's they figured out it's the mother. Jackson a, a book in French, and uh, the girlfriend some weird looking necklace to cover her tits up. And that the, the Kyle that's gets another, up there. Go ahead. Control thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Very controlling. Yeah. So Kyle gets up to fix the necklace for her, you know, and, and there's like little subtle hints about him being gay. And I think by this time we've already, yeah, we've already um, been, um, in a, we know he's gay, you know, the way up he's, he's explaining opera yeah, and, you know, the boyfriend of one of the caterers there. One of the caterers. Already seen that. By this point, right? And uh, yeah, we've already seen that. Yeah. So, um, but his family doesn't know he's gay. And obviously, no. you know, he doesn't want to come out with that. Um, he's a disappointment to his father, though, because he was asking him about, like, an interview or something. He's like, I know, you know how'd that go? It's like, great. He's like, no, 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 it didn't, buddy. <laughs> and, again, his, his dad's probably, um, you know, none of these people are good people. None, none of them. Maybe April. but <laughs> Maybe April. Who knows? <laughs> so, so they're going back and forth with the different things. And then um, Ty... Ty uh, gets up and he proposes. He, he pretends like it's uh, April's turn, which April doesn't have a turn because she's the master of ceremonies. Right. And he proposes to her. And she, of course, like, hey, man, if, if you're going to put up with all this bullshit, then you must really love me. Yes, 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 I'll marry you, which upsets Penny because Penny resents April the most with all of her, you know, um, she's beautiful. She's the cheerleader. She's popular. And April's fat. April, or not April, Penny's fat. Pay, Penny's a, you know, a fuck up and, you know, all this. Black sheep. The black sheep. Yeah. Well, and, but, you know, Penny thought at least, though, that she was daddy's girl and had that going for her, but she found out later that was not necessarily the case either. <laughs> you know, so just to make life easier, if you've seen the movie, uh, dad owns a drug pharmaceutical thing. Somebody poisons the punch. And with the, with the truth serum, so everybody has to tell the truth, and that's what's going on. So everybody that drank the punch, and uh, so people are saying like they're being extra obnoxious because they have no filter. Not that they, I imagine they would have had much filter to begin with. And then you you got um, Shari telling Penny like like you're not eating, she's not drinking. What the fuck's wrong with you? You're still fat as a house, and you don't eat. You know, <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Yeah, that was that was a brutal spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and then you see in Penny's eyes, because, spoiler alert, she's the one that did this, so she knows her mom is telling the absolute truth, that that's really the way she feels. You can read that in her eyes. Also, back up. See, I'm horrible at this, you know, here, here, there, whatever. Somebody took everybody's keys and hit them. We've seen that earlier, too. I glossed over that. And so that, nobody can get out of here. Everybody's phones are in a bowl. And that, that Care Bear jar is so fucking creepy looking, man. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So, so we're going back and forth with the, the Secret Santa thing, and um, Penny gets a very lavish gift of worth about twenty grand, and then Uncle Curtis, he's like, "Hey, I thought this thing had a three hundred dollar limit. What the fuck's going on?" You know. So she got a whole trip to Europe and hotel fees and tickets to shows because when she was younger, she was supposed to go to Europe and got sick. Because she was poisoned, she's allergic to turkey, 
And April let that happen and probably felt bad for it for years. And um, so. to turkey that her mom's actively trying to feed her right now. Oh, yeah, because that's bullshit. You're not really allergic to turkey. Some, somebody filled your head. <laughs> this is great turkey. You might be allergic right. to bullshit turkey, but this is right. a great turkey. You it's just like, it's bullshit. You're not an alcoholic. Right, right, know. yeah. Yeah, because she can't, the mother can't fathom that there's things wrong with her kids. You know, like, when, when it comes out that um, Kyle's gay, so we got a gay kid, we got an alcoholic kid, we got a fat kid, you know, none of these things fit into her perfect world. So she's in extreme denial of it. So they're going back and forth. And then um, uh, it's revealed that uh, that the dad, Leonard, was fucking the sister, uh, Pat Destro's character. Carol. Carol. And... Then it, the, the, he paid for tits for her and tits for, <laughs> for Shari and this whole thing. And they're like, oh, but you're fucking my son. And she's actually, because the, the oldest son is her stepson, who, judging by the ages of the kids, had to been around the mom since he was two or three years old. Because he, he, let's give him five years older than April or Penny, whichever one's the oldest, at the most, right? So he had to be five when he's introduced to Deborah Sullivan's character. Which is kind of fucking weird, you know? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you know, like my boys have been around my my, my wife since they were 10 and 7. Like, for them to see her, yeah. that'd just be fucking weird. You know, that's yeah. mom, you know, at that point. So, <laughs> so then um, everybody's complaining about being hot because of, the, of course, the poison that's in the, in the punch. And um, I mean, that was one thing, too. As more and more characters would be like, oh, is it hot in here? Is it hot in here? I was hoping for a payoff of that, and we got it at least. Um, so it just turns out it was a side effect of the sodium pentothal. Or yeah, uh, which there were many side effects, which we'll right. get into. One of many. Is One of many. Station. So so the dad, he's freaking out, and then the, the brother, Curtis, he's like, you know, don't talk to my sister like that, and... He snaps, stabs this motherfucker in his fucking throat with a fork. And then this is when just chaos starts. The The movie is fucked up up until this point, but this is just borderline fucking Texas Chainsaw level violence and craziness, which was fucking beautiful. It was, again, great special effects, practical effects, um, no CGI, because fuck that shit. And, um, so he's bleeding all over the place. They rush him. They're holding him down. They're not, nobody knows what's going on. It's just, I mean, this is fucked up even for them, which is crazy. And, um, Penny is trying to look out for her dad the whole time. When he went to grab the punch, she took it from him because obviously she knows she poisoned it, mm -hmm. but he eventually got some of it anyway. And she's got a knife to Jackson's girl's throat to you know, get off my dad, let him out of here. Before that, she dumps the punch on the phones to make sure nobody can call the police on her dad mm -hmm. to look out for her dad, which is which is cool. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's cool that she's doing that for him. You know, so and he's being held down. Jackson's like, get the knife away from the girl's throat. Which I mean, like, it surprised me that he even gave a fuck about the the right. hooker he brought. <laughs> so they eventually. Uh, Jackson gets up, he gets sliced in his chest, 
They're fighting. Uh, Dad gets knocked out. Jackson gets knocked out. Curtis dead. Curtis is gone. No more Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> so they decide to put all of them into the room that we initially seen with the Care Bear. And um, the creepy. door locks from the outside. The creepy Care Bear, absolutely. Creepy the door, them all together. The door locks from the outside. Yeah. And, um, which is weird, you know, but they were like, oh, yeah, that's so the kids can't get out. <laughs> like, they were also like, this isn't normal, you know? Like, no, no, it's not normal to lock your kids away in a bedroom. So the, 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 the adults, that was just a way to explain how they could just unlock the door and get the hell out. But it also made sense with this fucked up family that they would have a door like that in the house. And, um, so they decide that they're going to go to, the neighbors to see um, to uh, Kayla says the care bear was cute. <laughs> so they decided to the neighbors to call the police. And I think by this point they tied up Penny because she's just really freaking out and yeah. she's just, just hindering all the process here. And um, so they send uh, the hooker, April and Ty out to try to find help. Um, they needed car keys, but the car keys were inside the room in the Care Bear because they convinced Penny to tell them that, but they can't get in. Um, Jackson and Dad used the, the Care Bear to break out the window, and it's a second-floor window, I imagine. Yeah. And the keys are everywhere, so nobody, nobody can find the keys. They get out of the fucking thing. They're out into the woods. So they're worried about them going to go find help because now Jackson and his dad's crazy ass are out there too. So they eventually make it over to the neighbor's house and the, the neighbors hate them because why wouldn't they? Why, why wouldn't they hate them? Pretty much. You know? Knows his family probably hates them. Yeah. Probably wants nothing to do with rightfully. Them. So, you know, Oh yeah. Cause they're horrible, horrible people, man. <laughs> so they, um, they, uh, they're, they're talking to them, trying to convince them to use the phone. Um, everybody's screaming, yelling. Oh, on the way there, though, Ty realizes that since they've probably been poisoned, since he's a lawyer, he could use that to defend their father. Because right. and, and then he reveals his whole goal of even fucking with this broad was that he wanted to marry her so he could get in close to the dad and make lots and lots of money working for the dad's pharmaceutical company as their representation. So she was being used, and of course, since he has the, the 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 truth serum in him, he's telling the absolute truth, and she doesn't know that. That's why she just probably thinks like this guy's just coming out with it because she hasn't figured out this truth serum yet, right? You know. But nevertheless, he's like, "Yeah, you think I'd really want some girl, the alcoholic bitch, with mommy and daddy issues?" Like, no, no, no. There's a plan here. <laughs> so they're going back and forth, and then um, Jackson shows up and kills the neighbor. Kills the other neighbor, and I think shortly after this, Ty gets done in by getting his head cut off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by the shovel that got these guys. There's a little Friday the 13th trivia about the head getting cut off. Do you know about that? No. Do you remember in Jason Goes to Hell when Kit Marcus, Adam Marcus's brother, gets his head chopped off? Yeah. That's the head. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he had, um... Bob Kurtzman retooled it a little bit to make it look more like Ty. And, so that's the uh, same severed head? Process. What's that? 
That's the same, same exact price. severed head, yeah. Um, oh. Adam had it. And I guess, um, again, the $38,000 budget, a severed head, it's thousands, man. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, Adam Mark is a little bit of a hippie, so, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. So, again, to keep costs down, they did that. And um, I just, I think it's cool shit. I want to get one of those. That's I want a prosthetic head that's been used in a movie. I don't know how I'm going to acquire one, but I want one. <laughs> Preferably a Friday the 13th movie, but I will settle for a Nightmare on Elm Street prosthetic head or any number of uh, horror movies prosthetic heads. I Ron want a prosthetic Sloan's head. is the most famous. Ron Sloan's is pretty good. We got, I got to hold that one. That was cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think the I most famous one is probably Mrs. Voorhees. Well, of course. but and I, I bet you that's destroyed. Yeah, there's no way. No, if somebody had that, we'd know about it. Hundreds of thousands. Oh, probably. Easy. Easy. You know, if if um, Kane's mask from Seven sold for 150,000, I mean, come on. Did it really? I think it was 150 grand. Brian, if he's still here, he might know the exact number. It just sold a couple weeks ago. That's crazy to me, man, because as much as I love the look of Jason altogether. That's the worst that, part of it, right? It's one of my least favorite hockey masks. Yep. It's the worst part of the look. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's the best overall look, but yeah. that hockey mask is the worst. Yeah, and even the even the chevron looks like it was just drawn with marker real. Quick. Yeah, it's crooked. It's not even a perfect triangle. No, but I digress, which I'm good at. <laughs> We're 38 minutes in. The, your phone is still holding up. This is good. Ryan's phone is a uh, is is dying. So if he cuts out of here, I will just finish this myself. Well, but, I, uh, <laughs> well I got the 20% message a couple minutes ago. If it gets down to the 10 one, I'll let you know. Okay, we'll do that, and then we'll um we'll get the information I need from you at that point if we get to that. Yeah. All right. So, hmm. Just look down at my notes. Freddie John James, who was one of the characters, ca characters, caterers. He was not the gay caterer. The other one. No. Yeah. Yeah. He no, was the lead caterer. He was a stunt coordinator in many movies. Damn, that's one more thing I wanted to ask Adam. Adam, if you're still on. Did the girls do their own stunts in the fight scenes? Did they really? Did they really do that? Um, your wife and uh, and uh, Pat Destro in their fight scene. I'm just that'd be so awesome if they did. If they didn't, I get it. But if they did, that is fucking amazing. So if you're still on, let me know. Uh, he says yes. Right on. Great. <laughs> and I, I, I text him some of the questions I had just in case he couldn't get on, and that was one of the ones I. Everyone did all their own stunts. Nice. But um, Freddie John James was he, he, he the, just his credits made me laugh my ass off. He did stunts in Shazam and Black Lightning and big shit like that. But he also did Amityville in the Hood and Santa Pimps and Hoes. And I have to see these movies. What? <laughs> yes. Is that I, I like, just, well? You know, mean, Amityville is um a public domain, so anybody could make an Amityville movie. Yeah. And boy, have they! I think there's something like 28 sequels. And they've made them in the hood. They made Amityville in the fucking hood, dude. East 72nd and St. Clair? East 72nd and St. Clair. <laughs> and Santa Pimps and Hose. That's, that's got to be Christmas. If this ain't Christmas movie of the year, we're watched, that mu that might be. So I'm going to have to get it. Santa Pimps and Hose sounds more like a Christmas porno. I don't know, but I'm going to. I am definitely going to find it. I'm going to see it. 180 stunts all done by the cast except for... The fall at the end. Oh, and there down goes the elf. 180 stunts all down by the cast except for the fall at the end. That was done by a skeleton screw actress and stunt woman. That I remember sense. seeing that in the documentary. Yeah, that makes sense. Now that you mention it. That was a pretty far fall. 
though. Yeah. <laughs> that is that was great because that fight scene with uh with Deborah and Pat was just something else, which I'm sure we'll circle back to when we get back to that. So we got Jackson stalking around like he's got the Stone Cold walk. Did you pick up on that? A little bit. Yeah, he, he totally had the Stone Cold swagger going, and th- this guy was something else. He, he was great, um, great villain, like just awesome. And um, th- at this point, I think it's where he uh, tells April that uh, her fiance is not going to be a virgin on their wedding night, and he had promised him earlier that he would skull fuck him. And well, Jackson's a man of his word, if nothing else. I'll give him that. <laughs> hey, Ricky's watching this, and, like, I usually censor the sex scenes. Like, I, I'll let you watch bitches get cut up and crazy and all that, you know. But sex, and especially rapey scenes, which this, yeah. you know, I don't usually let him watch. I usually try to. But it was on. I get, get the thing, you know, so he's watching. He goes, I hope he's not going to do with that head what I think he's going to. Oh, my God, he fucking did. He didn't say fucking, but. It wouldn't surprise you if he did, but he didn't. He's like, he's like, I hope he's not going to do it to him. Oh, he did. He definitely did. <laughs> so that was a you know a whole thing. Like, how does he know what that is? I don't know. <laughs> Eight year olds, dude. <laughs> so by this time, um, I think Kyle's boyfriend dies. Um, Tildy. You had a dog named Tildy, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I remember that. Petra Ariscock, she was another one of the caterers. Yeah, she was, was Tildy. she was good. Yeah, she was pretty cool. She had some good lines. Yeah. <laughs> the, every, the every boy needs some BBC line. <laughs> oh, man. Which revealed him being gay, which I totally skipped over. Oh, we'll, and, we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. So so they, they had that going on. And uh, so... Um, boyfriend gets killed um, by... Oh, no, I skipped over a lot. Hold on. Um, there's somebody commented something. I know because I saw every Jason movie with sussy stuff. I guess sussy stuff is... Suspect stuff is um, sex scenes. Yeah, but nothing like that. Nobody got skull fucked in a Jason movie. <laughs> but um, I digress. I wonder what Kip Marcus thought about that, by the way. Was his head, <laughs> so uh, that had to be a, a, a jab at your little brother. So we go back to the house because I skipped over a whole bunch of things there. That the, the, the giant, great, fabulous fight between um, uh, Deborah Sullivan and Pat Destro happened before um, the the boyfriend gets killed. Well, the part of it does, and that happens, and then we come back to it. Okay, so the boyfriend gets killed, then the fight. So I wasn't, I wasn't order. Okay, well, no, cool. they fight and it goes to, away, and then it comes back. Like, yeah, yeah, it cuts, it cuts away and back. So yeah, again, we get that great fight. It looks like Deborah Sullivan's character Shari's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Destro goes to leave. Before that, though, she offered ten grand to anybody that could find some keys to get her the hell out of there. Yep. And uh, so, and then that's when we found out about Kyle being gay. Hey, uh, what's up? <laughs> Hold on for one second. I'm not going to be available for like a half hour, so, you know. <laughs> right. So, that's when we find out that Kyle's character is gay, and then we get the fight scene. Uh, Shari dies. Dies. Um, then we have... Uh, 
where the boyfriend gets killed in the car, and then we have Tildy's listening to store. listening to his um rap music, you know, and then that's when um Freddie John James comes the, the the other caterer, and he gets killed by Pat Destro. Yeah, you know who makes a comment about the, the help never announces when dinner's served, <laughs> which I don't know if that's a thing because. We never announce when dinner's served. Food's on the fucking table. Eat, don't eat. I don't care. So, <laughs> so she, she, she uh, Tildy, stabs Pat Destro with keys, kills her. You know, because that's my friend. You're not my friend. Takes him out. So everybody's dropping like flies, you know, at this point. So what's left is um, Jackson's floating around somewhere. Dad died. I don't remember how. Probably burned up from the inside, like the caterer ended up doing. Which happened to Tildy. Yeah. Um, we're back in the house. Um, Mom's back alive. Uh, Kyle's there. They're all figuring out what happened. Um, we, we 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 come we we come to find out that uh, the girl with the giant fake tits. Um, did, we're not born with those. <laughs> that she used to be a guy, which I had a feeling all along. And this is something that Adam Marcus likes to do in his movies anyway, is to create some uncomfortable situations, basically to make homophobes uncomfortable, which they should be. They should be uncomfortable. And like he says, the horror community is all-inclusive and it's for everybody, and, and that's just the best part about this community. That is, it's color, creed, religion, sex, doesn't matter here. And uh, so she's uh, transsexual. And, um, but of course, <laughs> Jackson even likes that even more when he finds it out because this guy's a fucking freak. And um, so he's uh, he's doing his thing. Like He starts fighting with his girlfriend. They die somehow. I don't remember how. Um, hmm. Then we're left with Kyle Penny. Oh, before that, Kyle's telling him like, "What's what are you guys doing? I love all of you, and like this is crazy." And you know, and he, you know, he does because, you know, he's just been kind of beaten down all the time, and uh, he, you know, he like you know, like just kind of pushed to the side and sheltered, and like you know, like he he just I don't know how to explain what I'm saying, but um, he does love everybody, and uh, and they know he's really telling the truth because of the 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 the, the medicine that everybody's got, so. He, uh, she's shocked. Penny's shocked about that. Um, they figure out that she poisoned everybody. You know, get the get the medicine, see what was in her purse. And uh, when he's going to the "I love you" thing, that's when Jackson comes in and says, "I love you too, bro." And it's gonna make me want to kill you more. Because I don't know. That dude's just crazy. So, and I, I got a feeling he's not much crazier now than he was before. <laughs> he was always a little maybe homicidal. <laughs> so yeah, again. So we'll fast forward to where I was a minute ago. He's dead. Everybody's dead. Mom's alive. Mom dies somehow. That really upsets Kyle. Penny's freed. Um, she, uh, she she gets infected because doesn't somebody throw up blood in her mouth? I think that's how she got infected. Yeah. And uh, 
Kyle finally turns all the way, like, kind of got little elements of zo- a zombie movie in this, you know, with the infections. Sort of, the, sort of, yeah. Yeah, and with people turning, and once they hit that blister level and everything, it's just over. They're not coming back. They're going to do, like, the caterer and just ultimately die. So, so we got that, and um, so we're, we're down to Penny and April, and... Penny is subdued some way. I don't really remember how. April thinks everything's over. Of course, in every horror movie, you got that last ditch thing. April comes out. April ends up going, well, she gets her finger bit off, which, and then she gets uh, thrown over the edge of the the building, which shows you how high it was for the keys earlier and why it was so hard to find them at night and with that much of a drop and with a, tr- with a tree and there. And into the snow. Where you can- into the snow and then the trees. Too hard to find. So she somehow makes it down the mountain and a family is cruising up the mountain, almost hits her, and she is just going batshit crazy. She's, I don't know. I don't know. And it kind of reminded me of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Sally. And just like at the end, I was just, I mean, who would yeah, no, yeah. But, um, I confirmed with Adam that she was indeed infected from biting the finger, and that's why she bit the person's face. And scene, movie's over. All right. So I am going to let you do your five things, and then we'll then we'll grade this thing. Okay. All right. All right. I'll start like I normally do with my top. Mm-hmm. Top five favorite things about Secret Santa. Number five, the whole sodium pentothal angle. The, the, the plot device around that I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have gone a million ways with it. You went that way where, you know, it was used and everybody OD'd on it. You know, that mm-hmm. made, went another way with it than mm-hmm. I would have. But, yeah. but just the fact that that was like a big plot elements is something I never really seen before. So I, I enjoyed that. Right on. Uh, number four was Drew Lynch, AKA Kyle, his whole coming out speech. Um, it was absolutely hilarious and it was actually kind of touching too. I, I felt the same way. I really liked that. And I just, that's why I wanted to name the actor Drew Lynch again. I kind of got into this earlier, but we got sidetracked. Yeah. I knew who he was because I was a big Howard Stern fan back in the day, and Howard Stern was a host on AGT while he he was on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he used to talk about it on the radio. I didn't really watch AGT, but I'd listen to Howard talking about how they have a stuttering comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I was I was familiar with who he was. Okay. Cool. I did not know uh, that. Number three would be April's backstory about someone in recovery and you again this is just like a personal thing to me yeah and that's great you know mm-hmm. movies are supposed to affect you personally if they do then they did they did something yeah it i, I appreciated the the angle mm-hmm. but i'll touch more on that just the fact that that was a piece of her i mm-hmm. appreciate but Something about that's going to make the other list, too. Spoiler. Okay. <laughs> uh, my number two favorite thing about this was Deborah Sullivan. 
She was great. Thought, and she she was um my favorite actress in this. I thought she was fucking amazing. Drew Lynch, uh the actress who played Carol, name slipping me now. He's uh, uh Pat Destro. Yeah, we're both very good. Deborah Sullivan was even better. She stood out the most to me in this, my opinion. Mm-hmm. She's my number two favorite thing. She played up that just overly I need to control. <laughs> I need to have power and control. Yeah. Fun. You know, like she played that perfectly so because we've all met people like that oh yeah definitely and yeah it just you know my job i won't get into it too much i deal with some very entitled customers and she seems like somebody i would deal with at work so (laughs) yeah definitely uh thought she knocked that one out of the park and my number one favorite thing that i did like about this was actually the opening credit sequence Oh, I really I like that too. Yeah, um, where really, you the names and was yeah jumping into like I thought you would dig that. Yeah, I really like that, and you know I'm I'm actually kind of glad you didn't bring it up, mm-hmm. so we could talk about it now. That was actually my favorite thing. Right on. All right, where's the five bad things? Oh boy. All right, <laughs> the five things I didn't like about this film, top five, or bottom five, as you, you want to put it. Uh, number five would be the false finish slash extra ending. I didn't okay. Think, I didn't think it was necessary. No, okay. I think the shot going upward from her passing out, I, I don't think the, the film would have suffered anymore if that was just the last shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Just, again, my opinion. It just it just seemed like a false finish was put in there to have a false finish. Okay. Like you know, like Dusty Rhodes uh, put the end. <laughs> My number four least favorite thing were other than a couple of the practical effects. I did enjoy a, a couple <laughs> of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them, and I know we're kind of going for a comedy angle in this. I thought some of them were too far over the top, or they were just just goofy. I really like I really liked um, the reuse of the head thing, and that was probably just because of what it was. I, I really, really, yeah, I really, really, really liked the eyeball for the one caterer. Oh, that, that was, was gross. Cool. That was cool. Um, yeah, there were some things I really liked, and you know, there were some things you know, yeah, maybe not so much. But I think as a whole, I give the special effects team an A. I, I really do. Okay. My number three least favorite thing about this, I don't know. If, if this is because you let me borrow your Blu-ray copy yes. to watch, and that, that's what I watched it on. Mm-hmm. I thought the audio overall, the mastering, was very poor. The menu, when I popped this thing in, was loud, busting out of the speakers. But then I went to play the movie, and it's like, man, I had to turn the volume all the way up to, like, hear okay. the audio. Well, it might be a bad copy. I don't know. But I don't. I don't remember if I had to do anything like that. Anyway, my TV sucks. I got to turn it all, almost all the way up, no matter what I'm watching. Well, we played. Uh, we played. Like I said, the the menu was perfect. But as soon as I hit play, it was just like somebody turned it all the way down. And next time not, I watch it, I'm going to check that out and see if I notice. Yeah, you know, and again, that could be independent of this copy. It could be a bad copy. Audio wise, I don't know. But yeah, it was kind of annoying. Going back, like my girlfriend watched it with me, and she's just like, "Can we turn the t- turn the subtitles on? I can't fucking hear anything." <laughs> and some some parts, you okay. know. Uh, number two, and I know you're going to disagree with me on this one. 
was the character of Jackson. I thought he was way too obnoxious. And not to the <laughs> point like, oh, I don't like him because he's a good actor and doing his job right. No, not like a wrestling heel where you don't like them because they're doing their job. No, I just thought the character was way too obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, that, I did. I did like him. I really yeah. did. I just, he wasn't as good as Deborah, but he was good. He wasn't as good as Kyle. When I said that the three that I was referring to, he was yeah, one of the three. He was no, the third. He's, yeah, he's no in my one. opinion. Looks wise, I thought I recognized him. He looked like the guy that played uh, Sergey from that uh, Delocated show, but it wasn't him. He looks okay. Like, he looks a lot like. Yeah, him. the only things I seen him in were um, voice acting gigs, like either in video games, anime, all that. I hadn't seen him in anything that was a. Uh, you know, like where you would recognize, and even in Hatchet Two, he played the skinless version of Tony Todd. You would have never knew it was him. No. <laughs> so yeah, so he did look a lot like an actor that I'm familiar with, but it turned out it wasn't him. Okay, this, guy, so, this guy's a little bit younger than that guy too, though. So that, yeah. So we got number one. The number one thing you disliked about the yeah, film. Yeah, my number one least favorite thing is and it ties into one of my favorite things. It's the lack of payoff for April's backstory as a recovering alcoholic. It just seems like that was thrown in there just for an excuse to not get her to drink. Whereas I think you could have gone a million other ways with that. Okay. You know, she could have been pregnant. That's why she's not drinking. They could have been trying for a baby. That's why she's not drinking. It just seemed like it was just used as a cheap plot device. And that's mm. a heavy, heavy topic subject for me. Just Okay. I, I, I understand that. Right. I understand that. So that was, I, I didn't care for that because there was really no payoff. And it's just like, why are you an alcoholic? And she just, it was like a throwaway line. It just makes me an asshole. Yeah, because her mom could have been just as pissed at her for being pregnant as she could for being yeah, the alcoholic. Her, her. So that would have still worked. Right. You know, and it's just like, oh, well, then a baby died. Like, you're such a disappointment that you can't, you keep your legs mm-hmm. closed and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You could have had the same back and forth. You know, just but, a, but if you like, no, a pregnant girl can't die at the end, though. Like, dude, somebody skull-fucked a severed head in this movie. Do you really care if a female... All bets are off, baby. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's just one way that, you know, you can make her not drink, you know. So it just, it just felt like that was thrown in as the reason, the only reason why she didn't drink. So, so to me, yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for that. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So I guess we're at the point of grades. If anybody in the comments wants to leave... um. Oh, yeah, Ro- Ro- Rosalie was here. Uh, she's the one that made my little dolls, the little baby dolls. Oh, she yeah. made me, uh, I'll have to show it to you. i got to pick it up from her. Um, the whole movie is predicated on her being an alcoholic. She's trying to make amends to her sister, and the amends part is part of the 12 steps, mm-hmm. as you know. That's why the movie is yeah. called Secret City. Oh, yeah. Okay. I understand the steps. It just, yeah. Like I said, just for me, it might not play that way to someone else, but just yeah. to keep it just felt like it was just thrown in. Even Man, though he's yeah. saying it wasn't, just to me, I, I didn't get that vibe. Well, Ricky, Ricky gave it a B plus. Um, any other, any other people want to leave their grade? Do that because we're going to do the grades and uh, and then we'll wrap this thing up. It's been almost an hour. Um, what was your grade? Me? Yes. Did, hey, wait! Before you watch this, I guaranteed you'd like it better than Jason Goes to Hell. Did, did that? Did that work? Yes. Was I right about that? Yes. All right. <laughs> so we at least got that going for us. Yeah. Well, so what, what, what did you uh, what, what did you give this movie? My final grade for this overall. And this guy is a much harsher critic than me. I am, so I am. I am. Uh, I've only given anything. Even I haven't even given an A yet. Period. So it's anyone uh, on any Friday, Friday part one didn't get an A minus from you. 
be no. Fun. Okay, so nobody's gotten an A. All right. Uh, Hellraiser got in nineteen eighty seven got an A minus. Okay, there, so, yeah, there it is. And I graded that one higher than you did. Yeah, that's the only one I have. Yeah. Uh, this one though, Secret Santa twenty eighteen D plus. D plus. Oh, not even a C. No. All right, so. I I laughed my ass off the whole time. I thought the kills were great. Um, I the actors were great. The the I don't know, man. I I, I give it a, a, a B minus. I'm gonna go B minus. Ricky, I'm not as I'm not as high on it as Ricky. Ricky gave it a B plus. You're saying this is as good as Evil Dead Rise? Oh yeah, easily. Crazy. For the same reasons. Oh my god, for the same reasons. Because that's, yeah. that's one we reviewed that you graded in that neighborhood. That's why I bring that up. Yeah, no, no, for all the same reasons. General, I, I love the spe- I love the special effects, although they use a lot of crappy CGI in Evil Dead Rise. Um, the, the, the comedic lines uh, is not as funny as this, but where this one's funnier, that one's more dramatic. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's it's the Christmas version of uh, of Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> it's a zombie movie too. Well. You know, with Evil Dead Rise, that I gave that a flat C, which yeah. is like the dead center. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually going to be a good barometer for me going forward. It's just like, did I like this film better than that or not? Yeah. Did well, that- I liked it right about the same. Right about the same. I'll definitely watch it again. I definitely enjoyed watching it. It's a great popcorn movie. It takes an hour and a half of your time. Um, you'll laugh. I guarantee you'll laugh. I don't think anybody's going to watch it and not laugh at least once. I will say I really, really, really enjoyed the first act of this film, though. And that's, right on. Yeah, I really like the I like the first act getting to know everyone the best. So I, I really did like that. And I've actually noticed that with a lot of films, and it's not just, just Adam, it's not him. Um, Liam gave it a five. and we, we grade it on a scale of letters, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> what is five? <laughs> Keep up with the program here, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. Five is so, like C minus. I don't know if he's doing like a scale of one to ten or a five star thing like old oh, Dave Meltzer. Well, well yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other story. If you're doing like five out of ten, that's like a C minus because like, yeah. you know. So, yeah, that's, right. that's not far from the ballpark where I'm at. So. Yeah. Well, there it is. Well, that was 2018. His phone's dying. I got people here somewhere that, you know, weren't supposed to be here right now, but <laughs> here we are. And <laughs> so I'm going to wrap this thing up. I want to thank everybody that joined us in the comments, especially Adam Marcus and Deborah Sullivan, who um, took the time to watch with us and comment and uh, on the page. And, uh, I, again, thanks for a great movie. Um, thanks for your time. Thank you to everybody that came in and watched. And, uh for a, uh, you know, joined us for the, you know, the discussion. We'll see you back next week. Uh, what are we doing next week? You got any ideas? I got a couple, but we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk and I'll post it because we don't have anything official right now. We have two more Friday, th- Friday the 13th to remo- review in the odd numbers. Mm-hmm. So there's three and nine there. Yeah. Um, shortly, we're going to be doing a couple um, John Carpenter movies because they're going to be back in the theaters. Um, they live and uh, Christine and I love seeing old horror. I love seeing old movies in the theater. I love seeing movies in the theater, even though I see them a hundred times. So we're gonna go and do that. Um, that's in about a month. Um, we'll figure it out. But um, they live is uh, one of the three for me in that 
thing that we're going to do, so we should probably wait, and that would be a good time to kick that off then. Yeah, maybe we'll do that, and we'll discuss that a little more to figure out how we're going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, sounds good, man. So anything else for you? There goes the neighborhood. All right. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Welcome back to the whole damn enchilada podcast. Rick Paulton, Ryan, Ryan Inman over there on location. And uh, tonight we're going to switch things up a little bit. We're going to do things a little different. Tonight we're going to do 1981, the year in horror. It's a good it's, year. It's a good, it's a fantastic. What's up, Brian? It's a fantastic year from what I've seen. A lot of these movies on Tubi, it was, it was real cool. I'm doing a little research for this, but. I'm going to run through some shit that happened in 1981. Look at those stunner shades. <laughs> so, so, um, 1981, look at these, those motherfuckers right here. Bong. <laughs> Halloween Haunts 365. What's up, Shane? Um, so we're going to run through some things that happened in 1981. I did some notes. We got our special guest in the green room ready to come on. We'll, we'll, we'll get that going in just a second. But um, 1981 was the first year a DeLorean rolled off the production line in Ireland. I didn't know the Irish made that. You know, so, Well, Northern Ireland anyway. You know, we don't always all the way claim them. Oh, you're not from Jersey. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. All right. Um, oh, morose motherfucker. Oh, I'm, and I'm not from New Jersey, but I'm, I'm hip to the Kevin Smith. <laughs> all right. So, so we had that. Um, it was a year of assassination attempts, and it was the invention of AIDS and crack. So, so eighty-one had that going for him. But um, yeah, they attempted attempted assassination on Reagan. Uh, Pope John Paul II was attempted assassinated, and that's when he made the the, the, the Pope mobile because he wasn't fucking around no more. Can't be rolling through the hood uh, without the bulletproof, you know. Um, what other cool shit happened in 81? Video killed the radio star. MTV launched. MTV was born. Yeah. MTV was born. That was the first song they played. The, the Buggles. Buggles. What's up? The Buggles. Yeah. On August 1st, 
Um, the beginning of an era and the end of an era. Ric Flair oh. beat Dusty Rhodes. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes. Beat Dusty Rhodes for his first of 16 world championships. And the greatest to ever do it, Muhammad Ali, had his last fight oh. against Trevor Burbick on, um, on um, December 11th. So, yeah, a lot of cool shit happening in a fuckload, a fuckload of cool horror movies. So... That's crazy to think, like, when you when you think of, like, the span of time. I never would have guessed that Muhammad Ali still had a heavyweight prize fight the same year that Ric Flair was a world champion. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, they got they're pretty close to the same age, no? No. Uh, Flair's in his late 70s. Ali would be in late 80s, so about 10 years apart. How long, how long has he been dead? About four or five years. I don't know. That's it? Yeah, I don't think it's been that long. Um, I could be wrong. I knew I'm probably wrong. Who the fuck knows? I knew he had <laughs> really bad dementia for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, 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 he was going to referee at WrestleMania, the original WrestleMania, but he couldn't do it because of the Parkinson's, and they slipped um, Pat Patterson there and had Ali at ringside. So, anywho, the way we're going to do this is we're going to introduce our special guest. I got a little video for that, courtesy of Jared Haggerty. And... Um, we're gonna we're we're gonna review um, quick shots movies that came out in 1981. We'll do a little roundtable thing where Ryan will start or maybe I'll start. Whoever will figure that out, and they'll bring up any movie that came out in 1981. We'll talk about it. Talk about it in the comments. That'd be sweet. Um, bills in the mail. <laughs> okay, right on. You deserve to get paid for that shit. Shit's fucking banger. But um, so without further to do. Let me uh, see, let's hit this button. I'm not very um, good at this shit yet. So we got a little introduction video, courtesy of Jared. Let's see, play the right one. Let's see if this works. I don't want anyone to know this, but I don't think anyone will notice. Even in a room full of people, somewhere in the hay on the needle. Feeling so small and so helpless. Running down halls that are endless. Listen for a voice in the echo. I did that right, and I did. Bam! JP motherfucking cross. <laughs> From what's, a killer's up, what's, up? what's up, brother? All right, yeah. See, I, I'm, not, up, I'm not too bad with these little buttons and shit, so hopefully that looked cool. But, um, yeah, Jared made that video for you, and uh, he, he's, he's a new fan of your music because he'd never heard you before. And I was like, just go online and throw some shit together, splice some shit from different videos. And I didn't even check to see, make sure he included you in the video, but he did. So that's cool. <laughs> I noticed at the last minute when I sent it to you, you didn't comment small, back. So I was like, yeah. Well, you know, there's a small way, part way of the clip of me. A small one. Yeah, you were there, though. You were there. So it was cool. I was like, what? Watch you didn't put JP in the video. That, that would be shitty as that would have been. That would have been funny. <laughs> Let's see. We got a couple of comments. Let me switch back to the comments. Uh, what's up, JP? Shane. Um. Shane says, what's, what's up? up? Candace says, JP, fuck yeah, AKC. So, right on. So, yeah, and guys, feel free. There weren't many, but I found it. Okay. <laughs> so, parts with you in the video. So, he purposely did look out for you to find a piece of you in there. That's cool. So, um, 
JP joins us. He's the basis for a killer's confession. Um, everybody in the, in the chat and everything, that if you don't already follow them, follow them. Uh, they, they're doing big things, good shit, very good music, uh, real, real cool shit. Now they're getting into some heavier shit, so if you're into the heavier shit, it's, uh, it's re really good stuff. Um, obviously fronted by former Mushroom Head lead singer Waylon Revis. Not to be confused with Waylon Revis, because he hates that shit. <laughs> I was I was I was going to call you out on that if you said it wrong. <laughs> oh no no no! I know better. I know better. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, uh, what we're gonna do is new album coming. Yes, they are working on a new album. We got the logo up in the corner there of the thingy. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to take turn. Yeah, I see Ryan's pointing at it. See, I get mixed up with the directions. I don't know. I point this way, but then it goes that way. and <laughs> Like a who's on first deal. So what we're going to do is we'll start with uh, Ryan and work our way clockwise. Ryan, you'll throw out a movie that came out in 1981, and then we'll discuss it for a minute. We'll give it grades. Feel free to join in the comments. Um, give, get, you know, grade movies and suggest movies. You know, just throw it out there. Fuck, just, just a little little riff session, jam session. We're going to figure things out as we go so you never get anything like this. And uh, just working with this new format and seeing how it works. Right. So, by all means, take it away, Ryan. Well, fun time is over. It's time to get serious, so. Oh, no, we're not getting serious. <laughs> <laughs> I take the glasses off. Okay. Well, I can see better. Yeah. Without my glasses. <laughs> All right. Now, I know this specifically you didn't want to just do a straight ranking. No, we're not doing a ranking. We're just yeah. random movie. You throw it out there. We'll talk about it. We'll grade it at the end. Well, I, I ranked. What's up, Kevin? I ranked them anyway. I'm not going to reel it off, but that's just what I'm going yeah. off of. And if you want to throw how you had it ranked, then, you know, do that too. No well, rules. I did, I did the top 13. I was going to do like a top five, but there are so many fucking good movies in 81. And we might get to 13, we might not, but, right. you know, so you just, what's up, Rosa? And um, take a little pause for a second. Rosa is the one that made me this guy, which I showed you guys uh, before we went on. Interesting. This thing is fucking fire. And she also made me these two guys. Well, there's like 10 of them, but I don't have all 10 of them. But look at these guys. Aren't these guys fucking adorable? But she makes these things. And if, Rosa, if you want to put your uh, Facebook page, I'll throw you on the screen so people can follow you. But, uh. So if you wanted to do that, that'd be awesome. So back to <coughs> what we were saying. I saw Candace's comment on the screen. <laughs> uh, there we go. Go away. All right. Now, like, I, I'm i not going to do my whole ranking because that's not what we're going to do. Right. But I actually am going to say what my number 13 is because that's the first one I'm going to throw out. Okay. And I think it's going to be much higher for both of you. Mm -hmm. which is why I'm going to throw this out. And it's like, really, there's 12 movies I like better than this one from just 1981, and it's true. And for me, and it doesn't mean it's bad, because like it's mm -hmm. still, I still like it, but number 13 for me is the original Evil Dead. Okay, and I can get with that. See, I, I liked it, but 2 is so much better. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, we, we all know that J, JP's got strong opinions when it comes to the Evil Dead franchise, or at least, <laughs> at least the newest entry. <laughs> So, so yeah. I can't. I can't believe you would put it thirteen. I mean, if you're going to, I know. Ah. Oh, but again, I mean, these you got to look. There's some bangers out this year, so thirteen doesn't mean it's bad. No, still, there's, there's no. Nothing. It don't mean it's bad. There, there, there is some good movies. 
So how do you feel, JP? uh, One versus two. Which which one do you like better? Obviously, two. Two two is the better film. Um, Right. And and you respect one because of what they had to work with and everything. And then two, they just retold one better, I thought. Yeah. But, you know, and, you know, you put your ranking, too. I did, like, a top ten. Yeah. Uh, I put Evil Dead at number two. Okay. I ranked it at number two on mine. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. To me, it was the only uh, Evil Dead that was scary. But, I thought it was scary. But I, I have a lot Evil of love for that film, yeah. The the first but, uh, Evil Dead, I remember going, going to the video store, getting this film, and... It terrified me. That movie right. terrified me. Oh yeah, me. it was now, scary. Mind you, I was I was five or six maybe when I watched this film, and you know the special effects in that movie, the practical effects, as cheesy as they are, they're incredible. You know, I mean, and they invented you know they invented the the whole camera moving through the the woods oh, thing yeah. that just. It, oh, it was it's extremely just innovative. Time, it absolutely yeah. terrified me. And um, Charles Schrag, I don't know if you know this, but they that? actually created that device that actually took mm. it through like that. They were the original people that did the original design for that. They was all like duct tape and bungee cords and shit. But now yeah, it's yeah. like what they do to do that stuff now was actually made from that design that they did. So um, Charles says it's weird that technically the original Evil Dead didn't actually happen due to rights issues. Evil Dead 2 is technically the first in the series. Gotta love those right issues, my friend. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they totally redid it with part two and then added added to it. That's why I like two better. I just think that they did a better version of it. Look at that. Damn it. Go away, comment. Well, it might you know be a little <laughs> bit of a hot take for me to have it all the way at 13 for just 1981, the OG. But I actually, and I've never said this to even you, Rick, before, but uh, I'll do it now. Evil Dead 2 is honestly the only movie in that franchise that I really like. Okay. Uh, no one. Army of Darkness. Mm. I don't like Army oh, of Darkness. Oh, I love Army of Darkness. It's so good. Ash versus Evil Dead. Ash versus I, Evil Dead. I'm watching Dead. it now. I'm watching it now. I just picked it up, the, the series, for like $3 at, now, at the exchange. I was like, sweet. It, it, it's great. No, I'm it's not amazing. Saying, I'm not saying the other ones suck. I'm just not yeah. into them. Right on. We, you know, we all like different I, things. Go ahead, I Dave. have a pretty unpopular opinion that that Ash versus Evil Dead, the series, I actually enjoy more than the movies. Really? And you know what? So far, I agree with you. I'm in season one, and I'm like, I got like two episodes left in season one, and then I got to find season, because I only got season one. I got to get season two and three. Um, to check that out. I thought they were all included in the box set, but it was just season one. But it was $3, so you can't beat that. I've never On seen On Blu-ray? Them. Shit. I'll check them out. Yeah, I'll hook you up with it. It's good I'll, shit. I'll check it out. All quick episodes. It goes by pretty quick. Yeah. Fucking Bruce Campbell's Bruce Campbell. He's fucking amazing in it. And that's uh, the thing, too. I actually really like Bruce Campbell, but not because of the Evil Dead. And I got a, I got an autograph from the chick that's in it. Um the, it, it came in a mystery box. I had no idea who she was, but now that I, now that I've seen the series, I really like it. <laughs> this came, well, came and, in a mystery box with my tenth and, and, and Kersinger autograph that I didn't need. Lucy Lawless is in the series. 
Yeah, it wasn't Lucy Lawless. I know her. It was uh, the yeah. main chick of the three that roll around. She, yeah. the, the one that the, 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 the guy, Ben Stiller's son. <laughs> Not really Ben Stiller's son, but he, yeah. a, a little, you know what I'm talking about, the little fuckers movie. Uh, Candace oh, yeah, says yeah. the series is much better. So, all right, so that's Evil Dead. So, Ryan, you started it. What would you grade that movie? C. C? I give it a B plus. B plus. Fair. JP? What would you grade Evil Dead? A minus. A minus. A minus. Right? Oh, yeah. It's just so influential. And what they did with such a tight budget. The fact that it scared me. I mean, there ain't a whole lot of horror movies that scare me. So, and none of the rest of that series. The rest of that series became comedy after that, which I'm fine with. <laughs> so, I, should, I should honestly give those a rewatch. I have not rewatched those in a very long time. Michaela gave it a B minus. Michaela's my daughter. She's watching too. So. She always grades closer <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she does. Yeah, she's more critical. All right, so JP, throw a movie out for us. Okay, out of my ranking, I'm gonna give you my number one. Okay, I'll give you the one that I put over Evil Dead. Okay, American Werewolf in London. Okay, I and I haven't seen that movie in 20 years, so I have no nothing to really say about it. I hear it has the coolest werewolf transformation ever. Yeah. And a pretty cool song, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, have, well, I have that one at number six on my list. Um, and it was tough to keep I, it out of the top five, to be quite honest with you. I Ricky like it a lot. He says he never watched it. We yeah. will watch it. I like it a lot. I'm actually glad that uh, I was really high on one of your lists. Yeah. I, I put it in my notes just because I knew it would come it's, up. It's one of my all-time – Shane it's says it's best one of my all-time favorites, ever. and the absolutely best werewolf movie mm-hmm. ever. Amazing transformation, amazing special effects. I love the campiness of the of the friend that's like the ghost ghoul that follows him. You have Nazi werewolves, yeah, Nazi so, werewolves. Nazi All werewolves, that's fuck. right? Horror, horror, and comedy are sometimes pretty tough to blend together, but it's like the perfect blend in this movie. Right. So yeah. I don't know if it's going to come up, but another werewolf movie came out that that year. It's going to come up. Okay. We'll leave it then. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. And we'll talk about it when it comes up. Um, but as uh, far as werewolf movies go, I, I, I can only think of one that, I, that I've really seen. To be honest, I mean, like, uh, and that's a uh, brotherhood of the wolf. I really dug that. Um, but we're, we're, we're going to, me and Ricky will watch this one and, and we'll, we'll get back to you guys and what we thought definitely, of it. Definitely. So I can't grade it cause I don't know about it. Yeah. I know it's widely regarded as, uh, yeah. one of the best, uh, werewolf movies. Did you guys have anything else to add about it? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's John Landis directed it, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he had budget and obviously talent. So actually I don't have this movie on my list. He, he had a, he had a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. He he had a bigger budget than the other werewolf movie, and yeah. he was bigger, and it was yeah, just he did. fantastic. He did. Right on. So yeah, I'll, I'll grade it. It won't be as high as JP, obviously, but I give it a good solid B. B. All right. Yeah. And uh, you it's, gotta it's give an it an A, a right? It, if it's it, A it, plus, it's it's definite a, a plus A plus. It's it's the perfect blend of comedy and horror, and, and it was just the right movie at the right time. Yeah, yeah, it, it uh, narrowly. No, I've always heard great things about it. I've just never gotten to it. And I was, I was trying to cram some 1981 movies in this week, 
but I worked like 70 hours. So I got to some, but some, I I went with the more obscure route and movies that I didn't think you guys would talk about. You know, this one, I just got to say again, I want to reiterate, it missed my top five by that much, man. It was so close. Again, with 1981, man, I mean, we picked the hell of a year. And I picked this, I picked this year just because like I had the idea that you're in horror deal. And I'm flipping through Facebook after I had the idea, and somebody put up a collage of which I use, I think, for the advertising for the live. And um, somebody put a collage of 1981 movies. I was like, "Well, fuck! This is where we start right here." <laughs> and so I was like, "Yeah, that's rather convenient." <laughs> so, oh, so it's on me then. Okay, all right, movies from 1981. Uh, I'll save that one. We will go with uh, 1981's The Burning. Ah. The Burning, which I had never seen until a year or two ago when we went to Blairstown mm-hmm. because a couple people canceled the Blairstown event and um, they got some last-minute additions. Two actresses from The Burning were there. And I said to Ryan, I said, you ever see this movie? He goes, oh, yeah, it's a great 80s slasher, blah, blah, blah. And um, it's why Tom Savini didn't do part two because right. he was doing that movie. And um, I wanted to watch it, you know, because of that, and you know, because we're meeting these actresses from the movie, so I wanted to at least have some reference. But I thought it was pretty fucking good. But you could tell Harvey Weinstein what that wrote that motherfucker. Oh yeah. <laughs> if that so wasn't sweet. the most rapey movie oh. ever, <laughs> please ball orama. But for eighty slashers, that not, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right, and then you, you had the introduction of Jason Alexander, which was cool. Um, Fisher Stevens was in this. Like, it's just a great cast. Yeah, I, I, I uh, re- really good camp movie. Uh, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, the whole premise of how they, how they burn the dude, you know, and all that. Yeah, it's from that's from you know, if uh, Brian's still in here, he'll know for sure. Brian yeah. just got it on 4K. He was watching it the other day, yeah. talking about it. So it's like a big like New Jersey like campfire tale, the Cropsey Maniac. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they just made it into a film. I didn't know that that was an actual legend, no. Yeah, yeah, big big on the East Coast. Yeah, but I thought, you know, especially for the time, great practical. The burning is fucking awesome, that canoe scene, yeah. I'll be be honest with you. I'll be be honest with you. I have not, like you with American Werewolf, I have not seen the burning in 20 or more. Yeah. And I cannot remember a thing about, about it. Right. Right, and yeah, I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I know, you know I've seen American I Werewolf, but I don't remember. Saw it on, yeah, go ahead. I actually saw it on Tubi, and I and I was looking at it, and I was like, maybe I should watch this one because this is one of the few that I I don't remember anything about, and but I didn't. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna watch some other stuff, and I didn't. I didn't watch it. So Shane brings up the same thing I did. How Savini chose to do the makeup for this, and yeah, great, great practical effects from Savini in this. Um, well, I mean, you know, he, he's a god, so there's that. Um, yeah, that scene um, of uh, Fisher Stevens getting his fingers cut off with the uh, hedge clippers, man. Oh, it's so fucking brutal. I, I would love, I would have loved for there to have been a sequel to that. You know, it was so easy. It could have just been, a, it could have been a franchise, just as easy as like Friday the Thirteenth was. But I, I don't know why they never attempted it. You know, and my thing with this too is uh, Savini liked his work on it, except he hated the look of Cropsey. I thought Cropsey was cool. I did, too. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Cropsey looked fucking amazing. Yeah, oh, Savini hated the look of the final, like, form of it, but I loved it. Um, But you know how artists can definitely be very critical of their own stuff, you know? Of course. So, Uh, but 
this Go one for, this one for me actually was my number five. Number five, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's the same grade as American Werewolf, a B, but just a razor-thin margin above it. Like and that's what I gave it to, is a, is a B. Great hour-and-a-half movie. You're in and out. I love those. Yet the, the horror movies should all be three acts, half hour each. That's why I hate all my shit, Jared says. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the artists are more, definitely most critical of their own stuff. So, yeah, I give it a B. I give it a B as well. And, um, JP, did you want to even attempt to grade it since you haven't seen it in so long? I haven't seen it so long. I'm not even going to attempt to grade it. So okay. All right. So now we're back to Ryan. Throw something out there. And, again, in the comments, throw something out there. Grade the movies we're grading. Whatever. You throw a movie out there. If it's on one of our lists, we'll just start talking about that. Fuck it. Well, we broke into my uh, top, well, six technically now and five. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rattle off my number four then. Okay. Halloween 2. Halloween two, Halloween two. Um, a lot of people have this as their first, their That's favorite. Number uh, four too. Yeah, it's your number four as well. Um, yeah, a lot of people have it as their their favorite in the series, or you know, or right after number one. Um, who, has this, who has this as their favorite in the series? I've heard a lot of people say that. Not me. I one is my favorite. Yeah. You know. But um. <laughs> Um, uh, Jared says number two, it's his number two. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one and two go together, like almost like a continuation of each other, like a whole movie. It but, is, um, but there's clearly a major element missing from two that's in one that John Carpenter. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. I, 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 um, I didn't even realize that he didn't direct it until I was doing my research. No, he, he yep. actually, he actually yeah. hated the Yeah. He hated it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't he know that. Actually, Rick Rosenthal was the director, by the yeah. way, for those that care. Yeah, and, who, uh, who went on to direct Halloween Resurrection way later. Resurrection. Huh? Was that with Buster Rhymes or LL oh. Cool J? And, 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 you know, this is the movie that, that brought in that Lori was his was his sister. And I yeah. just never liked that. I, I never liked that dynamic, you know, and... But I love. I love in the new movies when they. Go ahead. You froze up there. I love the atmosphere of the movie. I love the atmosphere of the movie. You know, was it being in the hospital? But it just it loses it loses that. It's not as tense as the first. No, the first one is just you're tense. It's just it's just an intense movie. But it's. I still love Halloween too. Yeah, it's yeah, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a great movie. It's not the oh, it's yeah. not it's not the worst in this. Oh no, they, they, they're, they're not some the shit series. Later, buddy. <laughs> Resurrections is probably the worst. Resurrections, Buster Rhymes. Okay, yeah, that's the worst one. The one with LL Cool J was okay. The one with Buster Rhymes, no good. I like H two O. Yeah, I did yeah. too. I like that one. It wasn't great, but it was good. Yeah, I like. Yeah. It. So so um so we we grade Halloween two. What, what do you give it? B plus. B plus. I'm gonna go with just j just a B. Just a B. Might even lean towards a B. Yeah, just a B. Yeah. Wow, I actually rated a movie higher than two. I know that's shocking. Yeah, you never. Yeah, I, I'm seriously yeah. so much. <laughs> he, he's definitely a, a much harsher critic than myself. <laughs> much harsher critic that. than most. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Rosa gives it an A. Halloween 2, she gives it an A. 
Um, Donald says, came late. Was my bloody Valentine discussed yet? Not yet, sir. Thoughts on the remake career to the original if this wasn't discussed? We will we will get to that. We will get to that um, soon, I'm sure. Spo- spoiler alert, it's, it's going to be discussed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get there. So, JP, throw another one out there. Uh, okay, I'm going to give you my number three, and that'll get, like, my top five out of the way. Uh, okay. My number three is The Prowler. The Prowler. I didn't have a chance to watch that this week, but I was really going to. I have no idea. I have no idea what it's about, who it is, but I, I, it is on Tubi, and I was about to watch it, and I didn't get to. Do you, have you seen it, Ryan? Yes. Well, okay. Go ahead. I like well, this movie yeah, a and, lot. And you, in my, I like this movie a lot in my younger years, not as much anymore. Okay. And, and what were you going to say, JP? Mm. The thing, the thing I love about this film is, and it's why it's so high up on my list, is Tom Savini did special effects on this one. Okay. And he knocked it out. Of, he knocked it out of the park with special effects. The special effects and the kills in this movie are so realistic that if I had seen some of these actors in other films afterwards, I would have thought they actually killed them on screen. <laughs> I think after I wrap up here, I think that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my nights, go watch that movie. Because I did get into a, a bunch of um, 81 movies, but I didn't get to that one. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had never seen it, but uh, it, it was on the list to watch. I just never never watched it. Is it um, – let's see, I don't have it. Um, who who directed that, do you know? Uh, I can't remember his name, but he did, did – I do know that he directed one of my favorite action films. Invasion USA. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll give it a. The Prowler still holds up. Always liked it, says Shane. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a watch later. So, you guys want got a grade for this one? Yeah, I had. It I, at, I would. Uh, I would say. Go ahead. I had it at number eleven on my list. Okay. And I give it a C plus. All right. C plus. What'd you give it, JP? It's it's a, it's a solid B, if not B plus. Uh, okay. Special effects is what puts the special it in the top well, Yeah, well, you know, as we said multiple times, and probably we'll bring it up again. Tom Savini is just a monster, man. He, he's he's the the, yeah. the god of gore. <laughs> yeah, I, and and I, I I think I think the Prowler is is some of his best. Some of his best. Now, I will say that I really do like the uh, the costume. The uh, war. Candace says like, Joseph Zito directed that. He did actually. There you go. Nice pull, Candace. Thank who, you. Who directed the final chapter? That's yeah, why I yeah. knew his name. That's why I knew his name. Yeah. I was doing the research. I didn't write it down, but I, I did read. You know who did it? But um, okay. So it is um my turn, and uh, I uh. What's weird is the way technology is nowadays. If you say some shit, your phone just starts looking up shit for you without even typing shit in. So I had the discussion with you guys. Let you guys know this is what I wanted to do. I get home. I turn on my TV. I turn on Tubi. And I'm not even signed into a Tubi. Like It's not under my name or anything. Just starts throwing all these 1981 horror movies at me. There's a list of seven of them right there. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So I thought that was pretty cool. But they're always watching, buddy. 
So, <laughs> so I I, uh, I checked out this movie called Bloody Birthday. Anybody watch that? Never seen it. Never seen it. So am I gonna be the only one to talk about Never it? Never seen it. It is fucking cool as shit, dude. It's um, I, it, and I was hoping to catch, and I did catch one really bad, well, bad movie. I don't know about really bad. Ryan would say it's really bad. He hasn't seen it, but if he's seen it, if I think it was kind of bad, Ryan's gonna think it was fucking dog shit because yeah. that's you know. But nevertheless, we, we might get to that. We might not. But Bloody Birthday. The premise of it is there's three three kids, all born underneath the an eclipse, a lo- or a lunar eclipse, uh, and uh, all in 1970s. The movie takes place in 1980. Ten years later, when the kids are ten years old, they just flip and start just killing everybody. Like it's fucking weird shit. <laughs> and it has Julie Brown from MTV, but not downtown Julie Brown. The other Julie Brown? Oh, redhead Julie Brown. Jesus fucking Christ. She was all the way live in this. Like, oh my God. Like, when you <laughs> see her later, like, she was just okay. Like, she was, and the one little girl was charging the other kids, like, 25 cents to watch her dress through a peephole in the wall. So, yeah, it, it was really nice. Uh, Shane says, I saw that years ago. I remembered I liked it, though. So since I'm the only one to see it, I'll grade it real quick. Um, it, it, it was definitely worth a watch. I watched it twice because I watched it once with the kids. I will. Um, I, I'm going to give it a, a C. And I, a C is a good movie, worth a watch. Great premise. I just I like the idea that the three kids being born in this under this weird lunar eclipse. I mean, they probably could have did more with that, but they were some awful ass kids, man. And it was pretty cool just to see you know the idea of three kids just killing motherfuckers. <laughs> for really no reason, too. It was just no rhyme or reason for what they did. But, um, yeah, I liked it. All right, so moving along. Ricky said that was a C-minus for, for the bloody birthday. But it's on Tubi. I recommend you guys give it a shot. Tubi is the mom-and-pop video store back in the day. It's, really it's fucking great. I love it. I just wish, and I would pay to do this, that they would put all the commercials right at the beginning or right at the end. I'd watch them still, just get them out of the way, so I can watch the movie because they will stop right in the middle of an intense ass scene and show you some bullshit <laughs> Summer's Eve ad or some shit that we don't need to fucking see some shit that doesn't even matter. Like, do you even know who's watching this shit? But I digress. And um, Ryan, it's All on right. you. Well, I said spoiler. We're gonna talk about it, and we are because my number three is my bloody Valentine. Cool. And I was going to do that. I was going to do that next, but I wanted to get one of the ones that I, w- I was pretty sure you guys hadn't seen in there. You know, with all these great movies. So My Bloody Valentine, that's what Donald wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right my, on. My favorite Canadian horror film of all time. Okay. Over um, Black Christmas. Oh, that counts as Canadian? That's Canadian, yes. Bob Clark? Bob Clark's not, but it was shot in Canada. I don't know. Because um, the, the sequel came out, and the guy that's going to be Freddy Krueger in the other movie was on some podcast, and well, I was listening to him. They counted as Canadian. I, well, there's a lot of American actors in Black Christmas, though, whereas uh, I, My Bloody Valentine, everybody's, hey, you yeah, holy yeah. shit, <laughs> fucking Canadian. Well, Dave, last name escapes me, is going to be Freddy Krueger in, the, in the, the Dylan's New Nightmare movie. Yeah. He was on, um, I was going through the, the archives on the Spotify of the Death Curse Society, and they had him on, and he was talking about it. He, he, he did the sequel to it, which is called uh, My Name is Billy. You should check it out on YouTube. It's fucking great. It is, if you like, I, I, you know, we're going all over the place. But um, 
Really good fan film. You can't even tell it's a fan film. Real well produ- produced. It's only 50 minutes, and it's really good. So check that out. But we'll get back to your Canadian movie then. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, lo- I love this movie, man. And I like it probably more now than I did when I was a kid even. Uh, this one's actually gone the other way. As some have gotten not not age well, this one has to me. Uh, and I got the super spectacular crazy version of it from Scream Factory a couple of years back whenever they put that out. I got the minor yeah, action. Yeah, there's a there's a new one coming out on yeah, Scream yeah. Factory. I was, I'm about to order because I don't have the one you guys have. Yeah, I got um, the uh, the minor. Uh, yeah, sorry, the minor NECA figure. All that. <laughs> oh hell no! I didn't know that yeah. they made a minor NECA figure. Yeah. Yeah, they got um. Speaking of NECA yeah, figures, for speaking, two different versions. Yeah. Yeah. I've got yeah, two different versions of that minor. I've got I got the one in the cardboard that came with that set, but then I've got yeah. the one in the plastic packaging. That's it's the same thing, but it's different packaging. Right. Yeah. Now is it is it a NECA figure like the Ultimate Jason NECA yeah. figures? Oh, okay, cool. Hell yeah. I love it too. Definitely like it more than the remake. And since Donald wanted to know, what do you what are you guys' feelings on the remake? Since I know it's not nineteen eighty one, but this is this is my thing. Now I love nineteen eighty one film. Mm-hmm. Basically, because I, I bought that same stuff. Uh, I love the remake, and I normally do not say that. I normally hate remakes outside of the block mm-hmm. remake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, awesome. The Blob remake is superior to any other version of the Blob. But my Bloody Valentine remake is I watched it in 3D in the theater. And the 3D was so amazing in the theater for that movie that I fell in love with it. And then Tom Atkins is in it, you know, and I love anything with Tom Atkins. And so I, I, I generally love the remake. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought the remake was cool, and I like how they, they twisted the end up so it was a little different than the original. I, 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 liked, I liked them both. Obviously, the original's far better, in my opinion. Um yeah, I think it's really yeah. good. I'm like I'm about to order the that there's a new 4K version that that Scream Factory is coming out with that gives you some cool shit. Not as cool as a NECA figure though, no. you know. So I won't be getting that, but uh, <laughs> I, I get some cool shit. I don't know. Can't yeah, really. the ending was cool. Cast was great too. Yeah, I thought so. I, I liked them both. Um, uh, I gotta say, in the original though, the character of Hollis played by Keith Knight, who just passed away like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. What a likable character for like a horror movie that isn't like a main character. He mm-hmm. was a big guy with a mustache. He was just very... Oh, yeah, he was really cool. Just a very likable character. He seemed like a good friend. Like, they got that, like... He barely got any screen time, but he really got himself over, if you know what I'm saying. He had a hot girlfriend, though, didn't he? He did. Yeah, you know, so he had that going for him. Canadian dudes living in the mines somehow had these hot broads for Valentine's Day. Well, the, mo- the movie took place in, in, in Pennsylvania, though, right? Shit, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it did. I um, think so. Uh, Valentine's sure Bluff, Pennsylvania, I think it was. Yeah, but every single person is Canadian. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and then Michaela says, oh, wait, I did see them. So what did you think of them, Michaela? So um, what did you guys, what would you guys grade 1981's My Bloody Valentine? I want to go last. Okay. He wants to go last. I'll go first. Fuck it. A minus. <laughs> A minus. I thought it was great. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid B for me. Solid okay. B? 
Um, this is already written down. I'm not changing my mind. I already. Oh no, I know that. <laughs> also an A minus. That's my number three. Okay, cool. Also and Michaela gave it a C. Mom graded it a B. My wife graded it a B. Yeah, love it. Mm. Watch it every year. Yeah, no, I, I, I um. There's a sequel to that that came out that's a, a fan film. Uh, Valentine's Bluff, I think, is the name of the movie. It, it, it's good, and it's like a direct sequel to the original. They had some people from the original in it. it, it it's a real cool concept. It wasn't executed as good as the My Name is Billy movie. They, my, my Name is Billy, you're going to swear it was made by a studio. I swear. It's really good. Um, but it, it's worth a watch, uh, the, the Valentine's Bluff movie. So, um, all right. So, you brought that up. JP, you can throw one out there. Uh, I'm actually going to go to my number 10 on my number list. Number 10. Uh, all right. And I'm doing this only because I want, him, I want him to talk about it, and it's not a horror film. Yes. Okay. It's, it's more classified as an action film, but the gore and the kills and the special effects, I thought it deserved to be mentioned as a horror film. Okay. The Road Warrior. Oh, right on. Mad okay. The, I didn't realize that the was The Road Warrior was yeah. 1981. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's always classified as an action film, but come, the kills in this film alone, it deserves to be mentioned as a horror film. And it's post-apocalyptic. These guys are after gas, fuel. That's terrifying. Look what happened three years ago with people with toilet paper, you know. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> imagine what these people will do for gas and water, you know. Yeah, should, 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 that, might, that movie might be pro- prophetic. Prophetic? Is that how you say that word? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we could see something like that happening. No, that was good shit for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's how, how the Road Warriors got their names, Hawk and Animal. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they got the whole look, too. The whole, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I would grade that a C plus. Oh, I'd go higher than that. You'd that. go higher than that? I, oh, I, yeah. I didn't really. I don't, I don't consider it horror, so I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you could, you see it, you could throw a great. No, the fool one. Why would I want to have I mean, that, that movie for what it is, like, if I compare it to some horror movies that I like, it's a different kind of thing. I'm not even going to do that. Right. That, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's at least a B, man. You're, okay. you're, you're low. Cause that, yeah. for what that is, it's terrific. Yeah, no, it's good shit. I like yeah. it. Um, what was the, the the other Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Right? Yeah. Was a sequel. Yeah, yeah, I like that one better. Yeah, yeah, I, I will say I, I like that like one better. And that one, I like them both. No, I didn't. Definitely didn't like. Uh, and I like I like Road Warrior because it did have a bit of gore. It did have a lot of practical, a lot of great practical effects. Uh, I would definitely, I would definitely give it an A minus. Uh, right on. As a film, I guess if I'm going actually, if, if I'm going to if I'm going to rank it as a horror film, I'd probably go B. But as a film, it's definitely an A minus. Right on. That's fair. All right, like I said, we don't got no rules here, man. This is rules free. So, all right. So my next movie, and I'm going to throw this out there. But if neither one of you seen it, I'm going to I'm going to skip it and pick something else. Deadly Blessing by by Wes Craven. Do either one of you see that? I know Ryan has it, but have you seen it, JP? Okay, I'm not. I'm just going to talk about it for like a second. So, everybody that's anybody in horror came out with something cool in '81. 
right? So I look up Wes Craven to see if he came out with something in 81, and he came out with this movie. It has Sharon Stone and Ernest Borgnine in it. So I'm like, oh, that's got to be cool, right? I mean, Sharon Stone's one of her first movies. This movie is fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean, watch it, but I mean, it just, <laughs> like, this is what I was saying. Like, it was okay, but it, it, there were some things that could be done to make it a lot better if, like, little tweaks here and there. C minus, D plus in that area. But, uh, you know, oh. for Wes Craven, I was, I was kind of shocked. If, if you're giving Wes Craven that low of a score. Oh, you're giving it an F. Because uh, it ain't going to make sense. I don't give Fs out really <laughs> You know that. I don't give A's out willy-nilly yeah. either. Yeah, you might but give this one an F. I guarantee I would rate it lower than you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I felt it might be it might be worse than fucking Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> that was bad. But at least, at least I laughed a couple times at Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So, we'll skip that, and then th- th- this will be mine then. Um... Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Do you want to see that? And regardless if you see it, that's going to be the one we're going to talk about. I haven't. No. Okay, this was a made-for-TV movie that was supposed to be a theatrical release. Um, I was watching Death Curse Society, and they were, they're they they're, they're doing their real big game show, Curse Your Luck, and some conventions coming up, and they were showing off prizes they were going to give out, and one of them was the soundtrack to this movie on vinyl. And the cover of the movie, which I should have, and I should be able to just hit a button and but. I slacked and don't have the fucking little posters for the movies because I fucked up. But um, the cover of the movie is really cool. It's a scarecrow with a burlap sack, and he's got this uh, pitchfork. And I don't even know if it's technically a horror movie. I was talking to my wife about this. I mean, it's, it's, it's classified as a horror movie, but the premise is there's this guy that's, like, mentally challenged, very slow, and he likes to play with little kids because he is a little kid in his mind. And the town... Just they're so worried about him. They're, they're, they hate him. Like, he's going to end up hurting one of these kids and blah, blah, blah. So in part of the movie, uh, the little girl that he's playing with gets hurt, and he just carries her back to her parents' house like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So they assume that he killed her. So they hunt him down and kill him. And it turns out that the little girl was attacked by his dog, and she lived. And he saved her by bringing her to her parents. So he comes back from the dead and kills all these people that killed him. And I thought it was cool shit. But the only reason I watched it was because of that. But does that count as a horror movie, though, if the guy's killing all these people that are just piece of shit people that, like, nobody wants them to live at all, you know? And he's such a good guy. I've not not seen it to give an opinion. Yeah, I do know the cover. I I know the cover. I've seen the film. You know, the the cover art in the film. I've never watched it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, does, I don't know because I just like I wanted them fuckers to die. <laughs> does, does this film have an alternate title by chance? Because the premise sounds very familiar. Not that I know of. There is a sequel that I came think, out, Dark uh, Side, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow Two, that came out in like a ninety, ninety one, maybe even later. But um, I thought it was a really cool movie. It's on Tubi. If you guys want to check it out? It's free, free shit, free shit. Yeah. Always good. The the premise of it. Well, the premise of it, not the whole thing, but part of it yeah. reminds me of like the Green Mile. Yeah. 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 So, like, I mean, you just felt, you know, horrible for this kid, this man. And, like, you were just happy to see these horrible, horrible people get dealt with. So, I, I didn't know it was counts a horror movie. People are getting killed, but it's a good movie. I gave it a, I gave it a, a B. I gave it a B. It's a pretty good movie. Uh, I was glad I watched it. I'll watch it. Yeah, it's free on TV. 
So, all right. So, Ryan, you got any other ones? Yeah, we're going to – I still got my top two and uh, businesses. About oh, yeah, it. there's one that neither one of us have brought up yet that's yeah. got to come up. Well, I'm going to do it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my there number, you go. My number two, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th part two. All right on. And, uh, yeah, I, obviously all three of us had this on our list, I guarantee it. This is my favorite Jason. Yeah. This is my absolute favorite Jason, Steve Dash. Um, I thought he was the scariest Jason, and the reason that I thought he was the scariest Jason because <laughs> this could really happen. This 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 guy living in the woods, this crazy hillbilly, running around killing people that could really happen. Like, guy getting hit by lightning and resurrected, and come, that, that's not going to happen. You know, uh, you know, none of these other Jasons probably not going to happen. This one could happen. And that's why he was the scariest. Well, two, three, and four, but yeah. two, 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 two is my favorite. It's uh, well, good. Best final girl. <laughs> that's a, that's a popular opinion, not mine. But go ahead. What are you saying, JP? My only thing. I love the movie, and you know, I'm mm-hmm. Jason is my favorite of the of the of the icons. You know, but uh, us too. Are you- <laughs> Um, I didn't. I didn't like the burlap sack. It was not as scary as the hockey mask. Oh no, the look is nowhere near as good as the. It's later not my looks. favorite, Jason, for 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 that for that alone. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, right on. no, it's it's a yeah. great film. All of them, all of them are great, but none of them are Jason X. None of them are Jason X. Right on. So you you like Jason X, right? Or you don't like Jason X? I love Jason X. Okay, oh, so do we, so do we. Love Jason X. Yeah. There's all three people in the world that like that are in the same place at the same all time. All three of us. Oh, we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. If Eminem um, if Eminem yeah. are still in here, his brain and, and Ricky brings up something because I said the reason I liked it was um was that the fact that it could happen. And Ricky says part five could happen too. Yes, part five could definitely happen. Somebody could go crazy and pretend to be Jason. Uh, I have this obsession. I buy anything that is the Roy Jason. Like oh, I have okay. tons of Roysons. And so I I love I love part five because of the, because of Roy. I love Roy. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yeah. We both love part five. Like love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean just I love it just the scene alone with the guy with the guy with the chocolate bar and he's like, Here you want a piece? I'll sit it right here. There he goes. See I got I got this guy. Uh, here we go. See, the, the hood was a Roy hood and, made by um, you, New Kind of Fear Customs, and Ryan made me this mask, which not uh, the camera's not doing any justice. Yeah, and this you know, thing is, go ahead. I love the Roy because of the the blue, the blue marks here, yeah. and not the, not, not the triangle on the forehead. Yeah, so... Yeah, obviously the whole damn enchilada, so part five is my shit, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, Ryan made me that for my birthday. You know, we uh, love, go ahead. you know we love part five, because we're supposed to be talking about movies from 81, and somehow we get to part five. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so so um, I would grade part two, I, I give it an A. I mean, everything about it. Obviously, Harry Manfredi's score. I mean, you know, uh, and we'll get into this in long form. But oh yeah, what most people call—not me, but most other people call—the best final girl 
in all of horror movies. I mean, she's number one on a lot of lists. Um, one for this series, but I'm not saying for all of horror. Yeah, for this series. But, yeah. Uh, this, yeah. it, this, this is my number two from 1981, and it's an A minus. A minus, okay. And uh, what, what would you grade it, JP? It's, it's a B. It's it's a it, it's a B, a B for me. Okay. All right. All right. No problem. Um. Uh, Jared said something was crap, and I missed it. What what, what was crap? <laughs> I wonder what he was talking about. It must, it, right, must, it, must it must have been it must it must have been our Jason X remark. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it might have been. It, it, it was five minutes ago, and that's about the time we brought it up. Yeah, you're probably right. It's, it's, it's Jason X. <laughs> safe, safe bet. It's yeah. about. Yeah. My bloody uh, Valentine's. I was behind. Okay. Where we're at. What's wrong? Oh, is it, is, it, is it my go? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's your turn. Yeah, go ahead. Throw something out there. Okay. Uh, you got anything left? Let's throw you in. Yeah. Let's, let's throw in. Uh, Do you ever see Rose? What was it called? Road Game. Road Game? No, no, I've never seen that. Uh, well, it's a it's a Jamie Lee Curtis. She's she's in it. It's one of the films that she did, had that year. It's a good one. I will we'll skip that one if y'all hadn't seen it. Uh, but check it okay. out. It's on Tubi. Uh, oh, yeah, Piranha Two. Go. Piranha oh. Two is on my list right there because James Cameron directed that motherfucker. Did he do Part One? I don't know. Did he? I can't I remember if he did Part One or not. Yeah, I don't know. I was just so shocked to see James Cameron did Piranha 2. I remember Piranha 1. I remember Piranha 3D. Um, I don't remember Piranha 2, but um, I'm going to check it out because I I, I, I dug the, those movies are bad, but they're so they're bad good, you know? Okay. Do you want to know how bad this one is? What's that? The Piranha have way fly. Oh, of course they do. <laughs> Why wouldn't they fly? It's it, there's three directors listed. That's weird. Um, Miller, Drake, and I'll be there something or other. The, All right. Um, Piranha Piranha fly is is like a uh, prelude to Sharknado. Many years later. Yeah. <laughs> no, Joe, Joe Dante did the first one, so I don't know how they got James Cameron to do the second one. Damn, they got some heavy hitters on this series. <laughs> is Joe Dante a good director? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. It's probably oh, like, yeah. like you said, like yeah. Sharknado, Sharknado, where they're just throwing up these big names and just fucking crazy shit. Right on. Yeah. Well, yeah, well Joe Dante was like, who? Joe Dante did Gremlins, didn't he? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's big shit. Right Dante, there. Yeah, he did Gremlins, didn't he? All right. Yeah, I didn't know. I never heard of him, or if I did hear of him, I forgot. Joe Dante also directed The Howling, which yeah, came The out. Howling, which. No time like the present. We'll throw that one out there. The Howling. Um, I, I, you guys have both seen it. Obviously, I don't remember it. I've seen it as a kid. But so my question earlier was going to be, and I, I think you guys both answered it. But the, is the Howling better than American Werewolf? No, no, no. But it, no. it's not far no. under it. In fact, American Werewolf was my six. Mm-hmm. The Howling was my number seven. The Howling, and you know. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I see how Joe Dante. I wrote that right there. Look at that. I guess I did know his name. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was D. Wallace. The, D. Wallace. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the Howling, for me, has the better ending. And okay. it has one of the best endings. has one of the best endings in film, I, I, and I yeah. think, period. And Wallace, you know, is fantastic. If you've ever met D, D a sweetheart. She was oh nice. I, yeah I haven't Such had the cool, haven't the, really the pleasure nice because because we do sh- we we don't we do shit for horror conventions in Cleveland so that sucks but <laughs> we, <laughs> there is we, one coming up it's uh, uh Shane brought it up earlier Cinema Wasteland they're gonna do a uh, I usually I, I usually camping. go to cinema okay well maybe we'll hook up for it this year we were gonna try to vent for it but they're they're on a waiting list <laughs> so somebody knows about this fucking thing I don't know. We've never met D. Wallace, but we met D. Wallace's husband, Ron Sloan. Yes, we did. Plays her husband in Thirteen Fanboy. Yeah, he was he was her husband in the film, <laughs> which was weird because yeah. the movie was like so like there were everybody was playing themselves. Yeah, <laughs> so it was weird. Like why they decided yeah. to throw those two together? It was weird. Yeah, right on. Um, all right. So what would you what would you guys grade the Howling? Did we do that? Did I miss that? No. Okay, no. what would you guys grade the Howling? I'm not going to grade it because I tried to watch it on Tubi. There's seven Howlings, and what is isn't on there? Two, three, four, five, six, Howling. The Howling goes to space. I don't fucking know. It's <laughs> Howling in the Hood. Oh, OG, OG, the Howling. I made those up. Those weren't real. But there Good was like stuff. seven of them bitches on there. Good, solid flick. Don't love it. Don't dislike it. It's a B minus. B minus. Okay, and what would you give it, JP? It's uh probably probably B minus. Yeah, I probably, probably agree with minus. that. Yeah. Okay. Solid. So So we went pretty much an hour here. I don't see anything else on my list that we haven't gone over. Well, we haven't hit my number one. We haven't hit your number one. No. Okay, um go ahead then. My number one film, horror film, it came out in nineteen eighty one. Is mm-hmm. I the Stranger. What is it? Eyes of a Stranger. I don't know this movie. Mm. I've never even heard of it. I've I've seen it, but it's been so long I can't remember much about it. So it's it's the only one that I grade a straight A to that came out in eighty one. Oh, all right. It's so, uh young Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. Her first film role. And then uh her name's escaping me right now, but the chick, the hot chick from the Love Boat. Is like her sister. Is her name Jane Harris? No. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't re- recognize anybody who say, except Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, it's, I actually didn't see this until later in life, and I'm glad that I didn't because I have a different perspective on life now. It's uh, it's not your traditional like slasher-type film, but I mm-hmm. love it. It's, it's oh, like, well, Jane Harris was the character's name in the film. Lauren Hughes. Yeah, it, yeah that's her. There's a character named Robert. Oh no, Roger England. Okay, mm-hmm. I was about to say there's a character named Robert England. That's odd. <laughs> yeah, this this film is basically the horror version of Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Right on. Yeah, I know you're a big Hitchcock guy. Huge. And they kind of take that, and it's not like straight thievery or anything. It's just definitely inspired by it. Mm-hmm. Add a serial killer element to it, and it's yeah, I like it a lot. 
I think it's very, very underrated and underlooked. Obviously, it's my number one. I like it better than Friday the 13th Part 2, and that's saying a lot. Um, Ro- Rosalie says uh, she just seen the preview. What the hell? This button. Maybe it comes up. There we go. Just seen the preview for The Exorcist Believer. What did we? Did you either one of you guys see that trailer for the new Exorcist? Yeah, yeah. It look, it, look, it looks great. It looks, it looks great. It looks great. I know. Um, uh, the, the what's his name? Um, the, the guy from the thing with two heads, Chris Nelson. Chris Nelson did the special effects and stuff on it. And uh, uh, it, it the trailer looks great. But I, I've heard a lot of people. It, it's been panned a lot. So I, I don't know. Huh? I'm gonna go see it, and I'll probably like it. But the internet will probably hate it because that's yeah. what happens with everything. <laughs> I think I think I read, and I don't know if it's for sure or not. But I think I read mm-hmm. that David Gordon Green direct. Yes, okay. yes. Who did the Halloween? Which makes sense why Chris Nelson was in it because he did. He just came off the Halloween movies mm-hmm. with David Gordon Green. Yeah. Now, right on. So, so, what's his name? Uh, Kenny Powers have anything to do with it too? <laughs> you know, you know, okay, I don't know. Is he? Uh, I know David Gordon Green directed the Halloweens, but that dude uh, co-wrote them with him. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now for whatever I reason. I can't either. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, I know, we're going I know, about an hour. Uh, look, Go ahead. I do want to say. One one thing real quick. I had one more movie right. that I can't believe did not get mentioned. Scam. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's on my list right here. You can't see, but yeah. yeah I never seen. Figured Standard. Ryan would bring it up. That's why I had it written down. I figured Ryan would bring it up because he, he likes uh, David Cronenberg. I do. Um, Cronenberg yeah. stuff is weird. It's, this movie, it's, Scanners, is weird, but it works. It's like weird in a good way. It yeah. works. I had it at uh, number eight, just after the Howling. Right on. I had it at seven on my. Seven? Okay. I, I didn't list it because I have seen it, but it was many, many moon ago, and I had no idea. I couldn't even tell you nothing about it, so I didn't put it. Dude, are either one of you guys uh, Fulci fans? I like some of his stuff, but it's all a little bit too yeah. abstract to end up on this list. I thought about House by the Cemetery, but I couldn't put it above the Evil Dead. So that that was also out this year? Okay, because I got the Beyond and the Black Cat. Those are there too, yeah. He did so, three of them. Dude was a busy yeah. motherfucker in 81, I, wasn't he? I, yeah, well, when you're throwing them together as fast as you can. You <laughs> know. I know a lot of people are really into that stuff. I've never gotten into the Italian horror, but I'm going to try to get into it. I have. I've seen all of those, but again, it's just a little too abstract. And I like art, arty type films too, yeah. but I really don't think he has anything to say. They're abstract for the sake of being abstract. And, yeah, again, I can't put any of those, even though I don't love it, over the evil mm-hmm. dead. Can't do it. Right on. So I think we've covered everything I've written down. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. Well, I got one more movie written down that I haven't seen that I want to see. Toby Hooper's The Fun House. Hmm. And um, I sh- that, that movie it's was good. on TV I, for years. I mean, I haven't seen it in years, but it's good. Yeah, I seen it, it was on Tubi forever, and then now I want to watch it, and it's not. So you know, whatever. I didn't put it on my list too because I haven't seen it in probably twenty years. Right on. So nineteen eighty one. It's been so long. Right. So nineteen eighty one as a whole, um, great year for movies. Bad year for uh, presidents and popes. <laughs> and for cracking crack, crack aids, <laughs> which also were, were invented that year. 
Well, it could be uh, a good year for crack, depending on your opinion of it. <laughs> but a bad year for AIDS regardless, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming nobody was for AIDS. Some people might have been for crack. But um, so 1981 as a whole, um, what, what, what would you give that as a grade? Horror films? Yeah. Here in horror films. Uh, probably an A, man. An A. So yeah. I know this is the first one, and we'll probably find you know another another year that's just got banger after banger like this. But yeah, it's definitely an A. I mean, when I have yeah, I would... invention, but when I have a film as good as Wolfen at number ten, you know it was a good fucking year. Yeah, there you go. Right on. Well, yeah, I would I would definitely yeah. say an A. I would definitely yeah. say. Yeah, so we'll do this again, and um, you guys in the comments, you know, um, suggest a year to do, and we'll we'll do this again like this, this format. And um, I thought it went pretty cool for the first time doing it. Um, want to thank our guests. We're gonna yeah. wrap this up because it's been just about, every one of these shows have been about a minute, hour and six minutes, and we're at hour and four minutes. So <laughs> wrap this up. I want to thank JP. Follow him. Follow um, a killer's confession on um. The, on everything, the Instagram, the, the YouTube, the, the Facebook, all of these, uh, all the socials, um, th they're going to be, uh, playing nowhere near Cleveland in the next couple weeks, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, and, and we, and we probably got people from other states are going to be in Battle Creek, Michigan on August 4th, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm, Something right? sounds right. Sounds, sounds right? right. Okay. Sounds about right. I know there's somewhere in Michigan. I know it's on August 4th, and I'm 99% sure it's Battle Creek, Michigan. Maybe, I don't know uh, where Battle Creek is, but maybe, maybe Rob Van yeah. Dam will be there. Rob Van Dam might be there. I, I, we will be We will be in Michigan the day after for SummerSlam, but we will not be there that oh, day, yeah. unfortunately. We'll be in the D. In the D. But uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so thanks for joining us. It's been, a, it's been a blast. We could do this again sometime, but we're going to wrap this up. Absolutely. Everybody like and we're gonna yeah everybody um share the page like the page grow this it was great having uh we had a little bit more interaction today more discussion that was great at one time we had like 20 people on so uh, we had like 14 people on, on facebook and like seven people on youtube um if i'm reading this thing right which i'm probably not but you know i don't understand this fucking technology thing so yeah that's it. Thanks, everybody, for coming out, and uh, we'll see you next week, and watch the page, and we'll let you know what we're doing. Ryan, you got anything else? There goes the neighborhood. Right on, brother. <laughs> he did. Uh, yep.